0: Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Dakota, uh, also known as Primal Sabbath on the Interwebs. And this is issue number two of Information Creep, because, uh, we, yay, we got a name. Uh, if you guys want to introduce yourself, uh, Greg, you can go first.
1: Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you?
0: All right. And Spiros.
2: Hey, how's everyone doing today?
1: Oh,
0: well, you know, pretty good.
1: So it's just the three of
0: us today. Uh, Walter couldn't make it, so you can find him uh, in the Realm of Collectors Facebook group. Uh, amongst other places, so uh, unfortunately we couldn't get him, but he did have a lot of work to go through last night. Today we're gonna keep it really simple. We're just gonna focus on All Hail Megatron. Uh, I think because you know we don't have uh, three hours plus to do anything else, so
1: the the irony of uh, keeping it simple by just doing All Hail Megatron <laughs> yeah, right. is uh...
0: it's not that simple, is it? So um, so yeah, uh, it starts out uh, very straightforward. I think, uh, well um, walk we'll about some of the covers. Um, Greg, we we talked about it briefly. Before we we went live, but uh, just looking at issue number one here with uh, it's a very iconic image. You can find it on Google Image Shirts all all the time. You just search Megatron. Really, uh, with him having an American flagpole like splitting. One. Not quite in half, but in two pieces, with the American flag kind of dangling, and Prime's head on I uh, I don't know. That's I liked, and also the uh, Killing Joke homage cover with uh, with reflector. I thought it was really cool, considering you know reflectors like dead. But it starts out pretty simple. Um, it shows you know the big fight on Cybertron, a world in ruins, and shows them kind of landing on Earth and fighting, and what. Looks to be no space battle in general. And then it flash-forwards to one year later, New York. What I like about this particular, like, this particular scene is you see, like, all the billboards and stuff in New York. Like, you see, like, the Takara uh, and the Tomy signs and, like, half of what would say Hasbro and looks like the next half of, like, a Toys R Us sign. Which, wasn't there a Toys R Us in uh in the middle of New York City?
1: At- there was one in Times Square right. until it failed.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but, and I, th- I believe this is in Times Square because I see the big Virgin, uh, logo. Uh, and then we have some Constructicons pulling up and it, I th- I think this, this story, this book in particular had a really kind of funny start. They all transform. They're walking around. Everyone's like, Hey, look at that. Get a picture. And, uh, is it scrapper that says, uh, Hey, we're here for, uh, you know, bringing you world peace and all this other stuff and then they all start laughing and start killing everyone and busting all the buildings and talking about how squishy uh rocks are and that's whenever the seekers come in and uh they start messing stuff up something fierce and then Star Scream's talking about how he's terror and megatron's nothing the megatron shows up like godzilla and you see him like through some window panes first <laughs> and he Star scars Screams saying uh he talks so big for someone so small, or everything about you is is small, uh, which I thought was 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 funny uh let's see then it looks like uh the Air Force is doing what they do best, and they're trying to do you know what they do best, and they're just getting kind of knocked out of the air left and right. Megatron tells them to kind of wait, he's just like, "Look, let them throw everything they've got at us first because uh, he likes a good challenge, I guess. Uh, um, at which point they fail, and then he t- he lets the Seekers attack, and uh, sound waves ejecting cassette tapes and uh, giant cassette tapes at that. The little insecticons are flying around, uh, all of that fun stuff. And then we've got the Seekers uh, taking the air-to-air combat thing pretty seriously, uh, in which case you see who uh, kissed his fingers to a picture of, I'm guessing, his girlfriend, his uh, you know sweetheart back home and uh, then he he shoots the guy's jet and that guy tries to slam it into Megatron and uh, let's see I'm trying to remember the exact words oh yeah he said how dare you I am Megatron and just swats it out of the air like it was nothing and he's laughing then back on Cybertron we see uh, uh, the Autobots they're all looking broken up beat up and very sad gloomy state and it looks like Prowl has this little data pad. He walks and he hands it to Jazz and then Jazz looks at it ever so briefly while tossing it aside in a very uh, silent panel. Silent page, really. And then we see Prime all busted up and broken and laying on what looks to be a bed with life support. And that's issue number one. So, anything memorable you guys want to talk about for issue number one?
2: Yeah, I love the uh, appearance of very conspicuous green construction vehicles in New York, and nobody takes notice of it
0: until they turn into
1: robots. Yeah, I mean that whole thing was extremely well done. Um, that's one of my favorite parts of this entire series. Just yeah, I mean it, it takes the the whole the old science fiction trope of the the fifties, you know, that we come to peace, and um, yeah, it's just very well done. Yeah. Very well done. This whole story is, but, but that specifically, um, and it does a lot, of, I mean, it's a good standalone story, because I actually, this is one of the first, because I didn't get into the IDW stuff at first, <clears throat> and um, this was, I mean, this was just a good standalone story, because, I mean, it's got everything, like, it establishes, like, the start of a new battle, um, it sets up the dynamic between Starscream and Megatron, like, right off the bat, Um you know, it shows that the humans are grossly uh, overpowered uh, against, you know, Megatron levels of fucking building with one shot, just to prove a point. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's a really solid intro to a pretty solid story.
0: But. And, and the artwork was really solid. Like, this was uh, Guido Guidi, and uh, I believe Josh Bertram was on Colors for this. And the the artly, it, it was very consistent, I think, even even all throughout.
1: You're correct, it was Josh Bertram. Cool, cool. He, he was part of the colors. He was the colors on this. There were four other guys working on the colors as well. But
2: Yeah, it yeah, uh, looks like Casey Collar also did work, but it's uh, later on in the series. Yeah. So yeah. He's a good guy. I follow him on Twitter, and he is always showcasing his art, and he's uh, quite talented, even with non-Transformer stuff.
0: Very cool, I'd also like to point out like as a first issue, it really leaves you kind of hanging on your seat as for like what's next um, very very good uh cliffhanger type material, which I guess brings us into the second issue it doesn't that doesn't quite uh doesn't quite pick up, but we see this large and looks like some some very wealthy people are at a gathering, a social gathering, and it looks like uh what was his name? they called him Danny right. Um. Who Who we would know as like spark plug from the G one cartoon, Spike's dad. Yep. Yep. Just see him kind of uh shooting the breeze, and I think he was talking military talk. Uh, with some of and these look to be like people that his wife, you know, typical uh. Typical wives wanting to socialize and whatnot, and then we see a helicopter land. And a soldier gets out and uh. Salutes him as Colonel Witwicky. There we go. Probably got to that a little too quick. And he's telling him like there is a a big emergency. Uh, At which point he's asking what kind of emergency. And then we kind of pan back to uh, the battle that's kind of going on over New York. And we got Skywarp just sort of levitating in the air. Um, Look at that pretty sweet MP03 design. I'm sure that was totally coincidental. But uh, I'm pretty sure that was also in Walmart stores at the time. Uh but we have Skywarp saying bring' them down, and it looks like Astro train and Thundercracker are kind of in the the fore image of that, and then more destruction and mass chaos, and then looks like there's a another military guy running through the streets um saving damsels and distress, and they run into an alley, and I think that's uh whenever they first see ravage. <laughs> or we first see Ravage at least it doesn't look like uh doesn't look like ravage um the next panel cause this is where i think a lot of stuff starts to go you know get going on uh we see uh colonel witwicky helicopter talking to some dudes uh at this point we go back and we see ravage getting shot at in his face uh poor ravage he's just a kitty. he's just trying to do his job uh but like saying you know saying that like <laughs> <laughs> Ravage looks but, so freaking brutal uh, in, in in this particular issue. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll talk about him later on uh, whenever we get caught up to to like the Lost Light. But he just like in Lost Light, he's totally just a you know a little kitty. Uh, but in this man, he was like full on like armored up battle cat, like teeth and missiles and just everything. Do they the they really? Uh, made him look way more badass than I think uh, he really should have been, truth be told. But it's also, you know, a gigantic robotic cat that turns into a giant cassette tape. So, But then they get saved by this mystery hero who lifts a gate, looks like a loading gate, and throws a Molotov cocktail and then slams it shut behind them. Uh, pace uh, in which yeah, in which which time uh, this kind of unknown military dude says I hate bugs, which okay, ironic, I get it. Uh, we got some more brass walking onto the battlefield, and by the battlefield I mean like several miles away from where all the action's going on. You know, chain of command. Um, looks like they're talking about a bunch of nonsense. Lee. Uh, then we kind of pan back to Soundwave, um, telling Megatron that Laserbeak's got some, some intel that ga- enemy forth the enemy forces are gathering. Um, in which case, uh, I think Astrotrain recommended to send the Insecticons. Uh, when Megatron had other ideas, he wanted him to unleash Frenzy. So this looks like they're in. I would guess Central Park. Like I've never been to New York, so um all of these like, Yeah, the
2: Colonel the Colonel specifically says to get the units to Central Park on the uh page prior.
0: Okay, cool, cool. That's uh maybe I should read a little bit. That'd probably help me out. Uh so it looks like they're in Central Park. Well they are in Central Park. And it looks like they're looking through binoculars. We see AstroTrain and Skywarp, a constructicon, which I believe is still scrapper. And Soundwave, they're just kind of walking Tuck. up, casual. What's up? Was it okay?
2: Yeah.
0: I don't know my Constructicons, man. You know I'm a Beast Wars guy. Uh,
2: That's all right. That's why I'm here.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so the the GI Joes out there in Central Park, they're just like uh, four of them. They they only brought four. That's hilarious. Uh, but um, Soundwave has this uh. The Secret Weapon, in which he uh, so calmly states, Frenzy, Eject. Uh, I'd like to point out, Frenzy is blue here, and I, that's what I'm going to stick with. I guess we can have that debate for another time for anyone who...
1: Can we edit this part out before it goes up? Because I don't want to have to fucking deal with that shit in the comments. Uh,
0: well, see, we, we, I don't think we would have to deal with it, though, because it's going up on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel, and uh, it'll also be on the com website under podcast information creep you'll get to see it. it's part of the cool table network on iTunes so go check it out there nice plug so again uh, I think I think Eddie he'll be he'll have to be the one that has to deal with uh, Frenzy being blue
1: oh that's not very nice to set somebody else up yeah I know I'll mm-hmm. message him about it we got like as, we have to take responsibility for our own uh, as, Drama.
0: as I send him the video file, I'll just be like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, Frenzy was blue in this. See you later. We'll take care of it. You can just email me at primalsabbath at com. It'll go straight to spam. Anyways, he just starts tearing everything up, and they explain that Frenzy's uh, central core constantly emits an intense infrasonic frequency and uh, extremely horrific delusions. Uh... Even to him. No one's immune except for a sound wave, apparently. Which is, which is very neat. It looks like, I guess, Frenzy maybe gets a control on that later on. Like, we're kind of jumping ahead of ourselves, but... It just...
2: Well, like, mo- like most of the things in All Hail Megatron, it either got dropped or, you know, explained away.
0: Yeah, and I- I'm sure it got explained away, just with how Frenzy is now. But, one of those things... Uh, More chaos and panic, folks running through the city. They're all trying to (laughs) get underground, because that's totally going to help. Shows them all going, like all these cars and people just running over cars going into the Holland Tunnel. And then it shoots back to a bunch of uh, guys sitting in a tent uh, with a bunch of computer screens around them, uh, with one of them asking alien robots. And we see like little crude drawings of like a Starscream and an Optimus Prime. Like an outline of Megatron, stuff like that. I don't know, just little things uh, please me. So, I believe, let's see. One of them said that they thought uh, that they had dealt with the quote-unquote robot terrorists. Uh, loosely quoting, I guess I should say. Uh, prior to, at which point the other guy brings up the Machination. Uh, so, yay, they brought those guys up. Um,
2: and let's see. I also, also like to note, I don't know if it's intentional, but the guy next to Colonel Wiki, uh has the last name Hawk on his uniform. I don't know if it's supposed to be uh, General Hawk from the uh, G.I. Joe series.
0: Yeah, and which I'm sure at the time that it was probably just an Easter egg. But right. It, I, I could see where it would fit now. Um, I'm trying to remember, because I do read the, the kind of rebooted G.I. Joe comic, and I'm trying to remember if Hawk has been directly, like, linked to or whatever. That's a, that's a strange, we'll try not to go too far down that road.
2: um, Yeah, we'll save that for another episode. Oh, yeah. Be sure to tune, be sure to, be sure to stay tuned in, folks.
0: So, um... Let's see, looks like they're all talking about cover-ups and whatnots. And then, let's see. Oh, then there's a guy coming in talking about all the casualties, uh, which was all of them, all of their soldiers, because he wanted to know how many they lost. He said all of them. And then we got some, some pretty bad, scary O-faces going on right here in this panel. Um, then Megatron, we, we pan back to Megatron, he says, the bridges are falling uh the time has come he's you know, looking at all of his uh all of his green soldiers and then Soundwave and Astro Train and looks like Skywarp I'm pretty sure that's Skywarp. And then this yep. is when we get to see the Constructicon's first form. Uh and he says Constructicons Unite and all we see is just this shadow with the, the other four just looking up at it and it's it looks like it's still kind of forming. And then we get a devastator with no blue or with no purple shield on his chest uh, which is fine I guess someone maybe didn't have that piece when they were a kid <laughs> and then,
2: so, what's up so second second glaring continuity error of all hail megatron
0: yeah dude shield chest thing
2: oh no I mean the fact that the constructicons can combine because uh, it was stated that Monstructor was the only Combiner because uh, Geoxys experimented on them.
0: Yeah, well, see, I thought I thought Swindle had something to do with this too. I thought I thought they at least alluded to that at some point.
2: No, they'll 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 cover that in the RID series later on.
0: Okay, I know I know it was it was talked about at one point, but yeah, um, just didn't know when. It's all kind of blending together because I, I was reading this uh and i've also been like rereading the r i d and more than meets the eye stuff mm. trying to kind of do a little bit of uh, double duty i guess uh but we see yeah. on the monitor uh they're all uh all of the generals that were in the room uh one of them's just like a thing must be massive it's like well yeah it's a bunch of a bunch of construction vehicles. <laughs>
1: Well, if you look at the next picture, it's a lot more massive than. I mean, well, shit! Look at that picture. Like, it's definitely bigger than the sum of its parts. Because look, there's a little car and there's a bus, <laughs> and then if you look at the next the next page after that, look all there's little sailboats.
0: Yeah, but so I mean, it's mass it shifting. Gets, you know, it's uh. Is that what it is? Is that what it's, it is? So. It's totally mass shifting because you know, see. Even even uh, even whenever um they, they brought in the enigma of combination again way later in story, um you you see like Starscream just kind of looking at Superion or the pieces of Superion that's left and they're and they're way too huge than when they are like in their individual sizes. I think it's just mass shifting.
1: Oh, the they MacGuffin of salesmanship. Yeah. I remember <laughs> that, that storyline. Yeah. Hey
2: buddy, Dakota swords. Dakota, don't fan away our errors, okay?
1: I'm trying not to, man. <laughs> well that's the thing, mass shifting was only invented in comics just to to explain away the fucking error <laughs> in the show. To,
2: to explain to explain how a jet and a car can turn into the same size robot.
1: Basically. Or even that a
0: robot could turn into a small handheld gun. Yeah. That was the size of another robot. But uh so like Greg said we see we see him uh walking into the water and just like crushing sailboats. All these people were trying to do was just enjoy their summer day. And uh well it got ruined. And that was the end of issue two.
2: Well um he's actually, actually, actually well, collapsing. Oh go ahead. Go ahead, Greg. You go ahead. No no, I I like it when you correct people better than me.
1: No, 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 you do it. You do it. You some better doing it.
2: Okay, so I'll I'll put on I'll I'll put on my Bob Belcher uh voice. So watching he's Yeah, I have. <laughs> so um Megatron specifically says that or I mean the humans specifically say that Devastator's attacking the tunnels where the people are all crowded and uh, then we see Sorry, Dakota, I'm going to hijack the uh, no, no, the for you. He has, and then we talk- see,
1: he has a talking pillar right now.
2: Then yeah. we see a bunch of people huddled in the subways, and there's conversation about where's mommy, and we hear that, and there's a train coming down the tracks, and it must be something to save them. But, unfortunately, it's an old giant purple locomotive with uh, very... Easter Eggy D62 designation on the front of it which is the Takara designation for Astrotrain. And oh, all the then as Ast-
0: they put in these books, I'm sorry, keep going.
2: No, it's all right. And then Astro Train transforms looking very menacing and I'm sure he slaughtered wholesale every person in the tunnels.
0: I mean, if he didn't directly, like all of the falling debris certainly did.
2: Yeah, or the, you know, water flooding in from devastators mega And Megapunk. Look at those
0: Hasbro colors on that Astrotrain <laughs> yeah, could- too.
1: Yeah, so so like that's kind of the whole thing. Like they're setting up how um, how these invasions, like, because in uh, you know in G one they were like, all right, here's what we're gonna do, guys. We're gonna go make some energon out of oil, and then we're gonna steal the sun, <laughs> and then we're going to, and you know, it's like some stupid plan. And this shows that like there's almost there's a military aspect to what they do, um, and so yeah, like you know, like he he clarified. Uh, they they forced everyone underground. They got they, they did the destruction on the surface. They forced everyone underground into the subway tunnels where they thought they were safe, and they corralled them all together. And then once they destroyed the bridges, well, once they destroyed the bridges, they went underground, and then that's when Devastator um, started collapsing the tunnels. And then that's when the smaller, the smaller um, transformer like Astrotrain, well, he could be small or large, you know, depending on what day it is. Um, And I think the insecticons later on are in the tunnels and whatever. But it just shows that there's like a method to the madness. Like even like what vision of the cassette ejects. Like, you know, first it was Rumble and then it was Ravage and then, you know, it was Laserbeak to record. And then, you know, Frenzy has a specific like job. It just shows there's a military order of sorts to it, which you didn't see before. Like you didn't see, I don't even think you saw it in G one. I mean, I think with like the wreckers and stuff, they like tried to make it sound like military and like it was, you know, it was like what a five year old's idea of the army was. Like the stuff they were saying to each other. But this actually shows like planning and order and um, strategy and things like that, which I thought was cool. Like it was definitely an uptick in uh, in uh, the realism of fiction that we had gotten, if that makes sense. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, I
0: mean and you and, and you are you're totally right. It's it's it goes from they weren't just like they didn't just have these like little random <clears> ideas <throat> of doing bad things. It and it all kind of talks about like the phases that you know that we had talked about uh in, in the in our in our free comic book day episode. Um where this this looks a lot more like phase six. It just looks like a phase six that Megatron himself is like taking part of. Um Obvious reasons. Whenever we get kind of later on to the, into the story and and see why the Autobots aren't around yet, because you would think at this point, you know, uh, Optimus Prime and the gang would just show up and uh, put a stop to a lot of this, even though that they've been for the most part uh, kind of underground under our. Um, something I, I would like to also point out is we see um, it's not just New York. Like uh, we we get a panel of what looks like. Uh, or what is Air Force One crashed in in Washington D.C. Uh, is what is that the Lincoln Monument that it's in front of? L- at least it kind of looks like it.
2: Yeah, it looks like that. And uh, I I particularly like the dark eyeshadow, shadow sure that was on the previous page.
0: Um. Oh, yeah. when like, they got, when they they got all, weird.
2: they all got they all got bad news. And now nobody can see like, their General eyes. General Hawk was
0: the only one that was like wide eyed over the whole thing. That's what that's that's gotta be G. I. Joe, General yes. Hawk. gotta be.
2: He was he he was so young and inexperienced and just stunned. He couldn't you couldn't handle the gravity of the situation.
0: And then uh then we've got Megatron looking over the sunset. And uh at all the work that he's done in the last couple of hours, if that. Um and then, is this is this long haul still, or is this uh, is this hook still?
3: Uh,
2: yeah, this is hook. Okay, then
0: <laughs> hook. Uh,
2: you can what? You can tell by the giant hook on his back.
0: Well, I couldn't. I can't. Oh, I
1: can't see it. Yeah, well, you can tell. You can tell by the panel where Mecha refers to him directly as hook. But <laughs> he says no, I'm just has kidding. Been. Okay, yeah, I Oh shit! This isn't Mechatron. This is DX9 Mitron. This dude if you look at the, the cool? bottom of this page
0: <laughs> with the uh, with the handle or with the uh, with the trigger on his back.
2: Anyway, yeah,
0: I, I was gonna point <sighs> it out, but I'm glad you did.
2: But I'm shy, ch- man. And
0: then Starscream comes flying in and says, "This is how victory feels." Like I'm pretty sure Starscream didn't put in any work either. Like I'm sure he's just been kind of flying around telling Thundercracker and Skywarp to to do
1: all the stuff uh, that they need he to. Actu- do. He actually went to DC. Oh, Starscream was the one that he's- went to DC. Yeah, and in fact, he actually references it. Blah 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 blah. Oh, so, so this is how victory feels and he says scruffy and then says starscream would expect you to be fighting alongside your brothers starscream responds my men are entirely capable of looking after themselves besides I had some business to take care of in their quote nation's capital to which uh, Megatron says excellent, excellent.
2: but so, this so were- oh go ahead
1: I was just say this next part Slim the most badass shit like he just takes this like cannon off rips a flag <laughs> off the fucking oh, building and you. starts wiping it down
0: well i mean at that point it's like they you know he does not have anything else to worry about there's you know no autobots are showing up for you know the obvious reason they're stuck on cybertron and prime's uh in a comatose state then we have let's see the next panel here's rumble uh who is primarily black with red shoulders so i'll give you that one uh, okay, no. There's some more of the red. There's some more of the red. Oh, hey, the reflectors are still alive
1: here. Hey Dakota, that's check the it. Facebook chat. Uh, bu, 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 bu. Check just it. so you know, somebody's knocking my door. I'll be right back. All right,
0: cool.
2: Um,
0: continuity air three. Oh wow, big continuity error. Uh, but cool to see them, I guess. What if it's what if that's like the ref, like reflectors twin? Can we just say that? I mean, certainly there's got to be another group of three Decepticons that turn into uh, a camera, right? A giant camera?
2: Sure, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Just uh, keep fansplaining.
2: Let's see. <laughs> know, I like and seeing it's the so little, funny. the
0: little humans run past the back of their legs. Like I think that shit's hilarious.
2: So are we into... Yeah, we're actually we're in the chap or we're in the issue three now. Looking at it, um, wonder where the break was. But anyways, um, I think
0: because um, whenever you guys had started talking about the tunnels, I just kind of like went with it because you guys oh, basically okay. just explained what I was going to do anyway. So it's cool. But yeah, we're no, we're, I really, like.
2: Uh, I, well, going back to issue two, uh, I like the uh, the nod to the constant confusion in the fandom of whether Ravage is a dog or a jaguar.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like a, a jaguar, I think is is a much more cat like creature. Right. You know, because it looks like a cat. But yeah. Yeah,
2: which I mean, that's that's what he is. Like anybody who says he's a dog obviously doesn't know right. basic. Animal Anatomy. It's like they don't know um, from Red, is it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm edging it. I'm going to edge it as much as I can. Because this was like, this was my whole arguing point for uh, which cassette was which. Because I saw this before, like I saw uh, like the G1 cartoon or even the animated movie from 86.
2: Oh, okay. So, Oh, I think, I I, I think I do remember one of your epic uh, arguments on TFW over frenzy is red rumble is blue you know and the uh the backwards way of saying that because i like i've been i've been on tfw since like god knows when and uh you know i don't comment too much but i lurk and i do seem to recall like it's, it's a your, your <laughs> I, I do seem to recall your username and like being in a pretty heated thread uh, dude that's all that.
0: i stay in on, on TFW is heated threads
2: like,
0: uh. I just I just like to relax in a sauna of nerd rage.
2: <laughs> you're like you're like oh I'm I'm going to need to refresh my supply of nerd tears.
0: Pretty much, um, but it looks like it, while we're you know kind of going back to issue three they're not uh, they're not taking they haven't taken out all of the I don't want to say tunnels but at least underground areas. Uh, because there still are some little pockets of people, and it looks like some uh, some more U.S. Air Force um, guys that had managed to, or no, it's just the one guy that had managed to uh, evade death and capture. Was that the guy that was flying the jet in issue number one? Because I don't think we really got no. to look at his, at his, okay.
2: No, I mean, I can go flip back through it. Um, we, I, don't I don't think, think we got think to look was.
0: at his hair, you know what I mean? And, like, that's, I don't think it is, because I think he had, like, like red or blonde or strawberry blonde hair or something like that. However you would describe that in comic book colors.
2: Yeah, no, okay, he had red eyebrows, so, um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely not the same guy. All
0: right, because I was pretty sure, like, he didn't have enough time to eject uh, after getting swatted by a giant robot.
2: Yeah, after, after he decided to go kamikaze against Megatron so and got swatted like a fly. Hey,
0: this guy looks like he's in charge. I'm just going to drive my jet into him. Nope. But anyways, it shows that he's still kind of part of uh, what little resistance of human beings are left, or just what, maybe not quite a resistance. I would call them more of like... like
2: uh, just like survivors.
0: A, yeah, survivors. Like a, a refuge of, of people. Because they're 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 constantly going out and getting some which we saw in the in the last. Um, let's see. Yep, and this is where Astrotrain uh, ends up driving up in this particular area as well, in which he starts screaming. Uh, code red. Was this for same? This looks like it. It may have been the same underground area from earlier, but it could very well be different. Because oh. Train is just transforming. Uh, breaking up the street and then causing everything to kind of fall in on itself. Cause, so he could just be doing that through all the different stations.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what it looks like because they talk about running drills and being pre- so. Uh, you know, obviously, obviously, they've uh been thinking about how to survive Astro Train attacks.
0: Right. Which uh, which makes perfect sense.
2: And yep, which brings us to the end of issue three. Yep.
0: Uh, anything you want to talk about issue 3 before going into issue 4? I just love the very first page of artwork on it. It's just awesome.
1: You guys want to talk about Jesus? Uh,
2: um, Robo-Jesus? So uh, well, that's
1: that's what that was about. Megatron? Yeah. You
2: should, you should have been like, let me tell you about the chosen one, Radimus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So yeah, um, I like I like the fact that the guy, the um, the bike guy refers ref- refers to our mystery soldier, who I actually think ends up being Spike. Spoiler. Um,
0: uh, I, that... I don't think it is.
2: Oh, maybe I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, we'll find out. We'll, we'll find we'll find out, in, as we go through the uh, issues, looks like he but, could have been like, uh, a
0: distant cousin, though for sure.
2: But I like that he references, like, talking, or, or references how he thought it was a dog. And the guy's like, that was a jaguar? <laughs>
1: yeah, he's, what did he say? I, I gotta find the page. He's like, um.
2: He's like, oh, I didn't expect a hell of a lot from a man who thought a jaguar was a dog. Yeah. And then the the art of confusion. He's like, that was a jaguar? Yeah.
1: Oh, Tyrese Gibson. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. What's it? Because this what's was it, this it, was post What's the character's name? Epps. Yes. Yeah, I just yeah. imagine that this is the comic version of uh, of Epps.
0: This was this was after. Uh, this came out after the first movie, but before the <laughs> second movie, if I remember correctly, right?
2: Yeah, because they they wanted to like loop people in who were, you know, kind of bringing brought back into the fold from the movies, but were nostalgic for G1, which is why everything in All Hail Megatron is uh, pretty much straight from the G1 cartoon. Yeah, well, I, mean, the, I noticed. I
0: noticed... With, like, with, kinda going with the back, exception... Oh,
2: go ahead. Oh, I'm saying with the exception of uh, two distinctly colored cassette robot men.
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but no, no, I, I remember, you know, kind of going back to the first issue... Uh, whenever the Seekers all transformed and just kind of slid their way into uh, into New York, you see them just tearing up the the streets and all that. looked very much like a like whenever Starscream came flying into that uh, small town with big buildings in
1: Arizona or whatever
0: it was in the first movie. Oh
1: yeah, uh, hey, just real quick. I'm sorry. Um, so the mysterious man that you're talking about that the, that was a jaguar. That's definitely not Spike. If that's what you're.
2: Oh, okay,
1: well, because yeah. if you look, he gets destroyed. He gets crushed. Everyone in that panel dies. Um, Are you sh- on the next two pages?
3: Yeah.
1: Are
0: they they die. Well,
1: before? yeah, because well, yeah, cause the train cause the, the the train comes in again, and it's Astro Train, and he collapses the tunnel, and you see him in front of Astrotrain, Train, and then it okay. cuts to like, the ground collapsing um, from above ground. All right. Well, so I'm assuming that they're implying that everyone in that tunnel was destroyed, or was was killed in the when the, when the structure was destroyed,
0: or at least whoever was in there, because it looked like they were getting a lot of people to run where they could. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, they they probably did, because I know Spike runs into someone, and I'm pretty, I thought they looked somewhat familiar whenever he did, so it could be could be some of those people.
1: Well, he has, uh, I think he has an, his names on his, uh, uniform. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: no, no, this guy isn't Spike. I know. I knew this guy wasn't Spike.
1: Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, because when, when you see Spike, he's wearing, like, a, like, a vest. He's all, like, but anyway.
0: tactical, yeah. like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, issue four, the very first page, we see, uh, Megatron, Decepticons, The World is Ours. And, again, very nice artwork with, uh raining texture uh, that's what happens whenever bad things happen it just rains uh, no rhyme or reason to it and it shows him and we
2: get our first look at blitzwing
0: oh we do oh yeah we do he's just there um
2: chill chilling, chillin with his armada megatron tank tread shoulders
0: <laughs> who's uh isn't there a third-party company making one with the tank tread shoulders
1: I hope not. Isn't is it- sworn?
2: Nah, I, I don't think so. I haven't seen anything, and I try to stay on top of the the third party stuff as much as I can.
1: Yeah. Yeah, especially now that your leader is uh, fallen.
2: Oh, I know.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think I think I think a kangaroo eviscerated him.
1: Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: Fine. See, it looks like I um. To him yesterday. It looks like the black guy did escape, the one that was uh, talking to the uh, to the Army guy, or to the Air Force guy, I
1: guess, to be proper. So, so are you implying there's only one black guy in New York City? I'm, Is that I'm, I'm,
0: I am implying that here. I'm assuming his gender, if that's what you're asking.
2: Apparently, <laughs> apparently, apparently there's only one black guy that survived, because he keeps showing up.
1: I'm sorry, some people it's, oh, no. some people might take that serious. I apologize. No,
0: it's it's fine. They can uh, they can take it serious. It's true.
1: Oh well, then I don't apologize, good Yeah. It.
0: You gotta <clears throat> stand stand by yeah. what you hopefully, said. Hope, Except, you know,
2: hopefully it, you know, it means a, Hopefully it means an uptick in viewership. <laughs> controversy always uh
1: all I did was call it Dakota racist, so <laughs> that's, it's not like it's not me. It.
0: Yeah, just you know. Well he's from the south you just Yeah, you gotta put two and two together.
2: Hey, just, just 'cause, just 'cause Matt, you know, is marginally racist, doesn't mean <laughs> everybody from the south is. Greg.
1: Oh my god! You know what's better than being racist from the south? Ironhide and Prowl fighting. <laughs> it is. I
3: think
0: that's building. Isn't that?
2: That was a beautiful segue. Yeah,
0: it really was. <laughs> so a, a racist southerner fighting a cop. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, prime. <laughs> But Prowl, he was reaching for my gun. Anyway, is um so yeah, Ironhide and Prowl are arguing. I think about how to.
2: We're so getting in oh, trouble for this definitely episode. Definitely
0: getting in trouble. <laughs> like I, th- I think I think most of our, our kind of viewer base is gonna enjoy it because I'm sure they know all of our humor. I think.
1: All seven of them through
0: the, through the interwebs. No, no, man. Uh, issue issue episode number one. Issue number one. It got a. Uh, it got like. It got, Last I checked, like over a hundred views on on the YouTube's. So, nice. Yeah, good start. Good start. How about yeah. Every,
2: every empire, every empire has to start somewhere.
0: <laughs> right. Um.
2: So, anywho, I, I'll I'll stop sidetracking us. And Ironhide has the best. I don't want to eat my beans face ever when Prowl's pointing his finger <laughs> in his face.
0: Right. And doesn't uh doesn't Ironhide hit him, like, yeah, oh yeah, Ironhide hits him, he, uh, lifts Ryle's ass off the ground, the and Proul. that's whenever, <laughs> that's whenever Jazz walks up, and he's like, hey, calm down, guys, Prowl's like, how come he's afraid of you and not me, um, but, you know, we'll, uh, well, I guess we'll kind of see that later on, whenever we get into, was it Spotlight Jazz? Is it Spotlight Jazz?
2: Oh yeah, we're, where he takes on the uh, Predacons all by his lonesome, right?
0: And he's like hurt while he's doing it too, if I remember correctly. It's some, some, some yeah. story that Trax is telling while all this is going on. So, hooray for stories that are running together. I like Trax. Yeah, you know he's he's an all right dude. Never done me any yeah, wrong. Yeah, he's all
2: right.
1: No.
2: but <laughs> brother says so, Predacon, so,
1: but yeah, hey, whatever.
2: So more more prowl and jazz with datapads because apparently that's their thing in this series.
0: They're the only ones that can be trusted with datapads. What if they're the only Autobots who can read and write? <laughs> you know, we just don't know.
2: It. <laughs> the the Autobot command is the only literate you know group in the Autobot structure.
0: Seriously, because like under un- like just below that we see uh we see Trailbreaker and I don't know why Trailbreaker couldn't do something more. I mean, the guy makes freaking force fields. Um,
2: well, he's he's missing a hand, so maybe he could only make half a force field.
0: Oh, still half a force field is still something, you know. Um, and then a oh. uh, shout out to the toy line at the time. Universe, we see a uh, sideswipe and sunstreaker there go by the toys uh, for everyone who picked this up back in two thousand eight.
2: With every bit of their toy detailing, like yeah, dude. Re-
0: from the arms, like, hey. you could even take the arms off, like at those joints, at the little those little mushroom <laughs> swivels, if you wanted to. Uh, I, I would know because, like, I immediately did that to to take some pictures to recreate this scene uh, several years ago. I want to track these guys down again.
2: Um, uh, th- um, there's side note. There's a guy in one of the Facebook groups who's selling like every chug he has. So uh, I'll I'll tag you in that if I can find it.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Because I'd gotten rid of these two a long time ago when I decided Classics just wasn't for me. Um, with the exception of, like, Wreckers and, and other random things. But, yeah,
2: but it, it would be cool to have them back. Now they can go on your IDW shelf.
0: Yeah, well, that's actually, like, that's... <laughs> it's it's pretty much just a, a More Than Meets the Eye shelf slash Lost Light shelf. You know, because... Uh, it's hard to get behind those RID, uh, XRID designs and toys and whatnot. Or not really. The
2: yeah. Designs, just the
0: story, it just wasn't as really good. Because
2: no. they're pretty much all Titans Return or and, you know yeah. whatever current toy has for has up. So, anyways, Bumblebee is a bad driver because he slams into a wall. And he's
0: got rubber tires, uh, which I mean, I guess the the streets yeah. in Cybertron are made of metal, but that still doesn't mean anything. Like, I don't think it should. I want to point out, before we do get to that, we see Cliff Jumper in the background just looking at a blank screen. Uh, keep that in mind. mind for later. But yeah, Bumblebee's a terrible driver. But Wheeljack's good. He's, he's good at it. It looks like they were scouting.
2: Yeah, it looks like it. Oh, hey! Uh, and
0: then there's a, a silhouette. Very hot roddy. So just...
2: Oh, yeah, okay, I see it. Yeah, I just skipped ahead to uh, your reference to Cliff Jumper's blank screen watching.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so Cliff Jumper's just looking at a screen. There's a slight uh, kind of blip. You see a little light come on and go off, which was apparently, I think Will Jack explained it, it was like someone had to be monitoring it at all times because it was just ever so slightly. Just the slightest bit of slight of a blink to paraphrase, I believe uh, then then we go back to uh to jazz and ironhide kind of um, out on the balcony and um is this where let's see before I get too ahead of myself
2: uh, well iron ironhides lamenting the fact that they're in the situation they are and uh then. Ironhide asked jazz when uh or s jazz what he's hiding and jazz uh jazz looks very concerned,
0: yeah, because i uh, I don't think they know that there was a I guess I'll go ahead and split the a trader in the midst or maybe no no no, they did know that's right they did know, and we'll we'll kind of get to that later on uh but so they're trying to figure out who was the one that that sold them out right um and was Spotlight Mirage? Was that one that we kind of skipped last week?
2: Yeah, that one. Because it yeah, was mostly
0: a dream, but it some of that,
2: that. Yeah, it's it's a weird one because he has a Decepticon symbol, and uh, like I, it's it's been a really long time since I read Spotlight Mirage, so I do apologize, but no, it's it's uh, it's. <laughs> It was a you very weird story. Yeah, like, it didn't seem to fit in continuity at all, but Simon Furman was like, just you wait, and then all his threads had to be tied up in one. Yeah.
0: And which, I, th- I think that that kind of later on came to, uh, you know, Mirage has quote-unquote the site. So, um, there is that. We do see Jazz uh, kind of tell Hyde to just leave him alone. And we see Mirage and Trailbreaker just kind of, Standing around, doing nothing. We got Sideswipe and Sunstreaker sitting beside each other. Um,
2: Looking quite mopey.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean... Sunstreaker looks more mopey than Sideswipe, and Sideswipe's the one missing the arm, you know what I mean? That, I think, is, uh... kind of funny. But I guess you can only look mopey with two arms. Uh, Then Ironhide comes storming past the both of them, in which Cliffjumper asks if he's, uh... Looking for some trouble. And he said he got a signal from Wheeljack and, uh, hey, let's go do it. And Sunstreaker wants to, and, uh, Ironhide's like, no, I need you here. He said, I want you to keep an eye on someone. And, uh, or not on someone, I just want someone I can trust keeping watch. And it kind of pans back to Mirage. Uh, because, you know, we have a reason to not trust him. Thanks to that spotlight issue that never tied into anything that was kind of out of continuity and that was, I think, treated as a dream. Hooray!
2: And then we have humans. Yeah, back
0: to the boring humans.
2: Yay! And nobody likes humans. <sighs> but then we have yeah. we have a woman slapping a man that might trigger some men.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, it um it works out. And this dude asked, was pl- was just leave me alone? And then she slaps him and says, people's lives are at stake. Like this guy was probably, let's see, looked like he maybe. Um, sold hardware equipment uh, Just looking at his his, at his attire You know what I mean Like a vest with a couple of pouches on it And uh, cargo pants with I think Too many pouches on them uh, Maybe he was going on a fishing trip Or something Guy just you know d- Didn't really so, look military
2: So most of the employees at your Ace Hardware In Louisiana were tactical vests And uh, pants
0: No no this isn't a tactical vest that's a oh, dude, it's vest. a it's it's a vest. Like at best, it's a vest. Because look, he's got like a just a regular okay. like, t-shirt on under it. Doesn't have oh, name badge. doesn't have any of the padding. I don't know.
2: Back to Cybertron. Yeah, back
0: to Cybertron. We see uh, Bumblebee and Wheeljack who have taken to foot at this point, point. Um, and they. Finally, get to this mysterious stranger who looks more and more like Hot Rod until he finally looks exactly like Hot Rod, um,
2: with a yeah, gun to his with head. With a gun
0: to his head and Ironhide, like barreling through a wall, uh, knocking him back. And let's see, there's Cliff Jumper and says Hot Rod. How? What are you doing on Cybertron? <laughs> it is you. This is incredible. And he says, "Uh, it worked. You got my message. It worked. Wait till all the others hear about this." And then there's some confused looks of messages. Others, and um, then Hot Rod goes in to tell them the story about uh, his message about how uh his he and his team, the team that he's with, I guess, were shot down by Decepticons that had been trapped with no way off the planet and had almost completely given up hope until these very banged up. Uh, Ironhide, Wheeljack, Bumblebee, and Cliffjumper were here to read him. I think he...
2: I don't don't think he properly assessed the situation.
0: because, uh, like even Bumblebee's, like, missing, like, half of one of his horns. Ironhide's, like, windshield's all cracked. Wheeljack's all scuffed up. Looks like he's missing one of his little wings.
1: I only wish they would lead into a flashback to show us, uh... How Hot Rod ended up on Cybertron?
2: Um, I thought... well, lucky, lucky for you, Greg. You can pick up the trade <laughs> paperback of Spotlight Dread.
1: Exactly. Well, actually, they do a flashback. I, of say, I it think in uh, issue five,
0: like in this next um, issue.
1: F- yeah, the very, very <laughs> next page. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, it shows him. It shows Hot Rod sitting aboard. Is this the Xanthium? Yes, yeah, the Xanthium, uh, which is uh, one of which is the Wreckers' famed uh, ship. And we see...
2: Per- call back to Marvel G1. Do what? It's it's a call back to Marvel G1.
0: Yeah. That was... Um, yeah, that was... Uh, was that G... Or not g Was that Marvel UK? Uh, uh, with, uh, like, Target 2006? Yeah, yeah
2: because the, Re- the Wreckers basically only showed up in Marvel UK.
0: Yeah, dude. Simon Furman just blessed us with these characters that later on, yeah. Nick Roche and James Roberts would just, oh, sorry guys, I didn't bring the logo with well, me.
2: I, I, love, I love the basic reason why the Wreckers were created, is Simon Furman wanted to take all the non-show toys and make them badasses.
0: <laughs> and it and it worked, honestly. Um, and, and then including, like, Impactor. Like, Impactor, there was no G1 Impactor toy, he just made them to make them. Uh, like, that's something I wouldn't mind. Like if if one of these companies like like if Fans Project they're like not to get off too big on the toy tangent, like the, with their retro line that they that they had what was that like a Combiner or something like that, just did just did an Impactor I'd buy it. But, anyways we see them all sitting at a control panel. There's Blur. Let's see Blaster, Hot Rod, Perceptor, Springer, and they've all got their arms like plugged into these uh these um like control panels i guess this i like to think was a uh, was cuz then there's another shadowy figure up like standing in the middle of the command terminal and uh, we do come later to find out it was let's see after the xanthium falls into a trap there's a bunch of ships around uh, and they fell for it the blah 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 there's mass panic springers eyes are glowy Looks like they're they're all feeling the pain ship it seems, and this is another thing like I wonder I wonder how they all got together like this, but anyways, him crashes, and let's see, Hot Rod's telling them all about this because now at this point Jazz Prowl and looks like the rest of the Autobot gang, including one of the potential traders has showed up at this point. And then we have, uh, of course they didn't, kid. I told you messages are a waste of time here now. And in the next panel, we see Roadbuster scraping the top of a corridor with Blur Perceptor, Cup Chewing on what looks to be a Cigar, but we later find out is a Cigar, uh, Blaster Drift, and Springer. And this is probably one of the most iconic, um, I think, pages in this entire in this entire story, for me it is at least. I really like the way that this this uh, that this turned out with uh, with Cup and his wreckers asking who's in charge of this mess.
1: I can dig it. Yeah. I, that. I like Cup and his wreckers.
2: Yeah. Cup and- yeah, and this uh, <laughs> I think this is actually the first appearance of Cup after his spotlight. So yes, it is.
1: Oh, I think we missed No, no we didn't. Never mind that's coming up. Good. Let's see. Good. One of one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite pages is about to, is about to come up in uh, the Transformers Comics.
0: Alright. So leading us to the next page, we see Oh uh, that's it right here. That's, General General saying, page. Colonel, he's here. And then the Colonel says send him in and Hawk. No interruptions. And then here we have he says, Sir, commander uh, and then that's whenever uh, the colonel hugs him, and the guy that walked in says, "Good to see you, Dad." And he says, "You too, boy." Was that your favorite page?
3: No,
1: no, I was just kidding.
0: I didn't know if that pulled on your heartstrings a little bit, Greg. Yeah.
1: We'll My dad was it. killed. My dad was killed by a robot that turns into a train <laughs> in Nam. Um... In Nam, um... <laughs> back in the Korea War. <laughs> So, uh, so
0: anyways, the the next page shows them, uh, them talking about, you know, he was like, uh, I'm going to call him, I'm going to call him, uh, Sparkplug, Sparkplug's asking Spike, because this is the only way I can do this quickly, uh, if he's talked to his mother and Spike was like, Dad, and then Sparkplug was like, well, and then, uh, he's, Spike said it was a bit hard from the field, and, and he was talking about, like, family and all this other nonsense, and then, uh, then finally... He gives Spike a picture of Megatron, like a mugshot of Megatron. Uh, somehow they found it. Like, I don't know if Megatron was just, like, leaned up against a wall. And they just took a picture real quick and then, like, emailed it. But, uh, I don't know. That's that's something I thought was kind of funny. Uh, does it see? Um, but the writing, it looks like it says Mega Man, like, off to the side. says uh, I think it says like something like code name or code name or something like that. On oh, which picture? It's uh, it's it's the one like right after whenever um. Paris, oh oh,
1: oh, oh um, yeah, I'm looking right at it. Dirt. Yeah.
0: But just from just from kind of where I'm at, it looks like it's it says Mega Man, which is funny. Another, I guess, Easter well, not really an Easter egg. Well, I guess kind of an Easter egg, but just. Like nothing pertaining to, unless there was like some eBay listings that had a uh, Transformers Mega Man.
1: You're talking about just the picture of Megatron that he's pointing at, and it's like here's he's the target.
0: Uh, let's see. It shows. It shows Spike like it's it's the it's Spike's holding the picture of Megatron, and then the next panel you see like the top half of that picture.
1: Oh, 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 oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Does say code name Mega Man, yeah. Because when they do the close-up on us, it, all squiggly lines. Yep. Good call. I didn't even—I never noticed. That.
0: <clears throat> I literally just noticed it. So I mean, I can't really—I <laughs> can't say too much. But um. So, anyways, he sends his own son uh out into the field. Undercover, under the cover of night, I guess I should say. Um, and then like that's another kind of like. Dark-eyed page, because it looks like Hawk and one of the other uh, commanders or generals is, is talking about, uh, you know, like, let's see. He says, can you think of anyone better? And he said, of course not, but even if it works, it's a suicide mission, I thought. The colonel would have stepped in, tried to stop it, and then Hawk said, stop it, with a, you know, as a question. And then it shows uh, Colonel Witwicky with heavy shadowy eyes saying he ordered it. So, back to robots, hooray! Um looks like uh cup is trying to assess the situation with jazz and uh I love man i love the the whole cigar thing cigar cigar whatever, but it's still uh still still pretty awesome shows like that cup's that old guy you know that been through Robo a couple of times <laughs> so um let's see so he's so he's uh him and Jazz are arguing. And at which point, uh, I think Springer's trying to um show a little bit of muscle and point Jazz just like promptly puts him on the ground. And then Blair tries and then work out and then he's pointing a gun straight at Cup's face. And Cup's just, just sitting there with a grin on his face and says Salops. Like nothing to it. Didn't flinch. Cup was the only one that didn't move. And Blair and Springer got their asses handed to him. But, you know, shows them. And then it shows uh, Mirage had drift and blaster covered, which even then, like I really don't think that would have been too much of a good fight for Mirage, um, all things considering, you know, drift, but still. Uh, then we go back to humans. looks like Spike's getting on a boat, and well, it looks like Spike and a team are getting on a boat, and they're just like rowing their way uh, onto the battlefield. And then, let's see, some lights on them, and we see Ratbat, who is a very, very faithful representation of his cassette. We see, like, the MC-60 and then, like, the A-side. Um, he used to be a senator at one point. All of that fun stuff. But then it looks like Ratbat kind of takes them down, and then all of their uh, signatures flatline on the screen that they had back at command, and that's whenever Colonel Witwicky storms out uh really, like pushing a bunch of papers off to the side, like I think like even though like okay he, he thinks he just lost his son um like that okay that's like it's bad progress am i am I right but anyways uh back back on cybertron hound is looking over optimus prime 's body with a very scary face he 's almost dropping his cigar you' want to keep that in your mouth there bud um said uh Let's see. What did he say? He said he called him a stupid kid. That's just you know, your leader. Um, and then it looks like uh, Jazz and uh, Jazz and Cup are talking about what all has been going on since Cup has been otherwise dispatched. And then uh, that's whenever Jazz kind of keys him in and says that uh, there was a traitor on the team. And Cup was like, "Are you sure?" And Jazz is like, "We just don't know who it is." So. Anyways, that that brings Cup up to the current hustle on Team Prime, and then back on Earth. Looks like the Decepticons made a very Decepticon base from G1-looking structure, which they they goddamn they work quick. In which uh, we see Megatron walking into um, with some text of like Cup asking Megatron has it doesn't he, and then Jazz saying yes. Yes, he does, and then we see Megatron holding on to the Autobot Matrix of Leadership. <gasps> Gasp. Done. Sorry,
1: I was dun. surprised there.
0: And then, oh my god, back out to the humans. Um, it shows uh, Colonel Witwicky saying he just killed his son, and then and let's see. Apparently he's talking to I guess he's talking to Hawk about it. Yeah, looks like he's talking to Hawk. And then, very heartfelt page here. I think for people that I guess are uh, have a close like, father-son kind of relationship thing going on. Talking about he wanted to do all this because Daddy does. He wanted to do all the, you know. He wanted to, you know. Doesn't drink because Dad doesn't. Likes to work on cars because Dad does. And then wants to be in the military because dad does. And then you see the big shadowy eyes. And then, you know, he's like, now I have to call my wife and tell her that our son's never going to come home again. And it's my fault. So from there, we kind of see like another page afterwards. Looks like a bunch of uh, waves. And then it kind of closes in a little closer. And then we see Spike get up out of the water. Another gasping moment. So. <gasps> That was, oh, what was that, Issue 5? Yeah, that was Issue
1: 5.
0: Anything of note for you guys there?
1: Well, <clears throat> let's see.
2: Uh, I like how badass they make Jazz look in that single page where he flips Springer over, somehow is able to smack Blur, who's supposed to be the fastest Cybertronian, like in existence and then pulls a gun on cop
1: who coincidentally names uh the current jazz toy
0: <laughs> yeah and that that well let's you know i don't think that well they i think that they would have actually had access to that at that point in time um it was 2000. i think this was around 2009. i think idw would have there at least the artist would have had uh some of that kind of inside access so it makes sense
1: Oh, no, well, they named it Special Ops Jazz because they didn't have, they couldn't just do jazz at the time. Right, no, and, no, but in um, the comic, you know, they, they did... Um, well, I'm sure that was, yeah, I'm sure that was just a... That, it was either coincidence or it was one of those little, like, cheeky things. Hints. I, th-
0: I want to call it a hint. I think it's more of a hint.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. Which, oddly enough, you know, being that there's so many people switching their alt modes, like the Seekers are F-15s now... Uh, which was the first continuity error uh, for all the fans that are listening that caught on that I started with the second continuity air, And uh, you have Sunstreaker and uh, Sideswipe and their toy forms, and then Jazz, for whatever reason, is one of the only bots that kept his uh, robot in alt mode from the IDW issues prior to All Hail Megatron.
3: Yeah.
0: I bet it was because he didn't have a toy though. Cuz if you notice like the Seekers uh look just like the Seekers that, you know, were using the MPO3 mold. The the first masterpiece Seekers mold with the mm-hmm. little like hip yep. skirt things. So.
2: And they have some detailing from the classic Seekers too on their heads.
0: Right.
1: Well, the last in the last the last show like the issues we covered didn't they have like the movie? Alt mode it it
0: was I think it was an F22 yeah. but it definitely wasn't the robot mode <laughs> yeah uh,
2: yeah they they had they had the F22 alt mode through the first you know I guess phase of the IDW universe and then their alt modes were a weird kind of amalgamation of their you know F15 robot mode but with uh, like curvier lines, and then the F twenty three sections for their uh, their wings in robot mode.
0: Shout out, to gear.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was I was trying to avoid just making this a uh, partial third party podcast, in addition to being a comics-based well, podcast. Well, I mean, I think
0: I think the two the two totally go hand in hand. Uh, uh, comics, the comics and the toys, even you know, even to some degree. Um, because I think that's, that's, you know, that's what a lot of, like, the, the chug-scaled third-party companies have kind of been scratching our backs with, is with, uh, the, the comic-inspired designs. You know, like, I you know, we talked about the cup with the, the Saigar, you know. I, <laughs> so. Yep,
2: with the, with the head, with the head that doesn't look like a man with dementia.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: If you look at a generation's cuphead, he's—I guess he's supposed to be screaming, but the way it's molded, it just looks like an old man going through the throes of dementia and like screaming, screaming at the perceived reality that he's living in. Yeah, that's funny.
0: But issue six—I think that's what we're on. Six. Uh, it starts with with Cup and Jazz, um, kind of finishing their conversation of, you know, Megatron, quote unquote, winning, finally going and doing it, um, and it looks like uh, looks like they have a disagreement. Yeah, they definitely have a disagreement, um, cause Jazz thinks that uh, Cup and his group are are, are militant and uh, which point Cup just kinda he kinda gets defensive over, it. he says, We get the job done and from what I hear, so do you and I guess that's kind of like a, a throwback to uh again like that spotlight jazz issue that we probably won't cover. Um but, you know, we we already did basically cover all of it. Um if I'm not mistaken, wasn't wasn't like Trax blind or something in that issue, but he was just telling it as he remembered it or something along those lines, like that's why he didn't really recognize that it was jazz. So, either way. Then back on Earth, let's see. Megatron is in Israel because, you know, you're going to attack the whole planet, United States, and then I guess Israel is the next place. And um, it looks like Megatron's adjusting the power outage on his fusion cannon. And uh, I guess this is kind of a flashback to a conversation he had with Starscream. Uh, Starscream asked where to now. And then uh, Megatron notes, he said, again, I find you alone. Are you a commander or... And that's whenever Starscream interrupts him. He says, uh, did you enjoy the parade? I know I did. And he asked, parade, and he said, our grand march of destruction through this city, all that show, your beautiful speeches. Megatron, world conqueror, wor- warrior king, poet. Which, you know, we'll see a little bit more about that poet side uh, later, way later on. But still, I like to think that the seeds were kind of planted in this particular book um,
2: let, let's let, let's not give Shane McCarthy that much credit.
0: You don't want to give him that. Well, yeah. I think I think that at least Roberts was paying attention. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll give that guy credit because I mean, he's he's done the most world building for IDW out of anybody uh, you know, not, I think not, not trying to, too, not,
0: but yeah, but I, I, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, not, I, uh, I mean, I, I, we, this could make, this could be like a whole nother episode in and of itself, but, um, I just feel like Roberts has done the most world building, um, you know, outside of the, like, Hasbro dictated, you know, storylines, like, I don't know, but anyways, I I don't want to go on too far a tangent, but, um, so anyways, yeah, Megatron's a poet.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll, we'll, we'll we'll kind of, uh, cover in about three or four more episodes, depending, I think, um, just depending on what all, what all kind of goes down. Uh, but it shows, um, in this particular issue, Megatron and Starscream having a, you know, a very, or at least the flashback, it looks like this is what Megatron is kind of thinking about as he's blowing up the nation of Israel. Um, like, just the the talk that he had with, with Starscream, you know, they're, they're talking about the, the endless war and how it was all over, and they're just here to, you know, the end is basically just killing humans and, you know, very, very heated, very heartfelt, I think.
2: Yeah, well, this is, this is one of my favorite conversations between Starscream and Megatron in the series, because it gives a glimpse into, like, Megatron understanding the beast he's created, because I think he even says, you know, like, we've we've assembled the worst of the worst, and if we don't keep the weapon pointed in a direction then it's basically going to cannibalize itself. And then we see that, uh, in the next page with Skywarp and Bombshell.
0: In, in Beijing, um, and the, the, I guess the ruins of Beijing, um, but it, yeah, the, this panel with, with Skywarp and Bombshell kind of arguing, like, Skywarp feels like he's, he's done, uh, more work, um, and, and it does show them them kind of arguing, cause like that's that's there's no. I think this is too easy for them, for for what the Decepticons are kind of used to. Um. And then let's see. I'm trying to see where the argument kind of makes its conclusion at. The yeah, cause Skywarp is, was insinuating that you know Bombshell was weak because he was an Insecticon, that he was a uh, quote unquote a bug.
2: Right, and I mean, it, it alludes to the Insecticons being an experiment, which, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get more on that later in the series when we see what the Autobots are up against on Cybertron.
0: Yeah, just Skywarp kind of essentially sucker punching him with his uh, Null Ray, um, if, if that you be considered a sucker punch. And Bombshell's aiming on him, and Skywarp mm-hmm. just says do it, and that's whenever Thundercracker pops in and says you take on one of us you'll take on all of us and bombshell was like you know you think your seekers are megatrons uh elite guard you know he was saying not anymore you know things of that sort and then it looks like skywarp is about to teleport them but I think they ended up uh they all ended up doing the insecticons did at least
2: yeah, which I like. I like this because it's a nod to the G One cartoon, where they're like, even though the Insecticons were Decepticons, they still seem to be their own uh, separate entity.
3: Yeah,
0: and then uh, I think this shows, uh, like, every, the very last panel and, and on like on this particular page, uh, it shows Skywarp kind of talk skywarp and thundercracker kind of talking uh and thundercracker was definitely very uh kind of i don't know bored upset uh but skywarp wanted to kind of know what was wrong and uh thunder or thundercracker was like well nothing he was like come on that was old times that was just like old times and then skywarp got frustrated again he said i'm starting to feel like i'm all alone out here in which they're just kind of stands there. And, and we see, I think we see this as kind of like a, a start for, you know, Thundercracker as we know yeah. in current comics.
2: Right. And I mean, it's also a callback to Thundercracker's G1 bio, which a lot of fans seem to have never read uh, because it even says that Thundercracker is, has his doubts about the Decepticon cause. Right. So, the the storyline that we've seen with Thundercracker through IDW is actually got its roots back in the G1 toy. Um, but you know, I'd say I don't, I don't know if what you guys think on it, but I'd say seventy percent of Transformers fans um, just kind of take the G1 cartoon as the end all be all of the characterization for most of these guys. And Thundercracker and Skywarp were just thugs in the cartoon.
0: Yeah, and that's you know that's how I knew Thundercracker. I guess while I was reading these, because I think at this point I was kind of getting the uh, the the DVD box sets and stuff like that, or at least I know I was I was YouTubing stuff for sure. Um, but you're, you're right. Then again, I never bought a, a G1 Thundercracker toy either. So, but that know, is that know. is really cool. I appreciate that,
2: Hey, that's I, I think I think that I think I'm finding my groove on this podcast. The uh, torchbearer of useless information and trivia. Yeah.
0: Greg is definitely our uh, errors spotter outer for sure. Yeah, it's it's not an error; it's alternative facts. Alternative facts. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, the next couple of pages is uh, is cup. And uh, I think Jazz are still kind of uh, going through their the the end of their, I guess, sort of conversation. They look like they're a little more calmed down. Then Prowl walks up. Uh, uh, Jazz wanted to, or Jazz was about to ask, he said, are you going to tell them about the Matrix? And in which case, Cup was like, no, not yet. Um, I think at this point, uh, Prowl is just like, you know, this is the end. But something, uh, something I did like uh, was... Cup's kind of dialogue over, you know, an image, a very well-detailed image of the Matrix here. It says, Megatron can't destroy it. It's older than any of us. As long as, we, as long as we have Prime, the line can't be broken. He thinks Prime's dead. He thinks we've been set adrift. You know, for all of recorded history, a Prime has guided Cybertron, a leader that represented an ideal. Uh, a leader <laughs> chosen by the Matrix, our belief in something greater oh. than ourselves is what sets us apart from the Decepticons. And at which point, he says, uh, As the war rages, lines Blair promises are broken to each other, to ourselves, the Matrix is our, our way back. So, um...
2: Which wasn't wasn't this, like, I mean, aside from the panel of Megatron holding the Matrix from the last issue, uh, wasn't All-Hill Megatron the first appearance of the Matrix in the IDW, like, storyline proper? Because, um...
0: Like, prime, isn't the it, first it, time it, it was it was actually physically shown
2: right cuz i mean i don't think i don't think it was ever shown that prime had the matrix in
0: no no, no in uh, uh, in the in yeah, and prior to the the whole nova prime thing remember
2: right cuz i mean it, like he had in all the asian series he didn't have the matrix or at least it wasn't referred to and then you know, stormbringer and all that so uh unless i'm misremembering all the stuff that we talked about in the last episode, um, this is like the first appearance of the Matrix in the IDW universe.
0: Right. I thought, but see, I thought it appeared um, whenever Optimus was fighting um, Nova Prime and like Galvatron and all of them. I I was pretty sure that he had kind of taken it out of his chest at that point. But didn't I, I? At least thought they showed it off during that story arc, during the end of the the, the expansion.
2: I go say you. Uh, yeah,
1: with the with Nova Prime and the Dead Matrix—is that what we're talking about? Or the fake Matrix. Sorry, oh. I kind of spaced out there for a second. You're talking about the end of the expansion.
0: Well, we were talking about like the first time that we actually see the Matrix. I could have sworn we saw it at like- the end
1: of expansion. Oh, I don't know, man. Um, hold on, <laughs> Greg's
2: Greg Greg's Greg's uh, comic book memory can only store one story arc <laughs> at a time. So once he read all the Megatron, everything else just kind of you know floated out into the ether.
1: No, someone just sent me it. So I just got an email I had to read. I'm sorry, I kind of zoned out for a minute. Um, let's see what I can find here. J- just, just, just talk amongst
2: yourselves.
0: All right. Well, well, he's looking uh, up, here. We go. Oh, okay.
2: So we have we have an angry sunstreaker looking at Mirage, which uh, spoiler alert, that's ironic, isn't it? Though,
0: because <laughs> 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 I think I think Ironhide's been walking around like trying to get people against Mirage at this point because we see him talking to Robuster. Um, which which is after Cup has already told um, everyone to follow their chain of command, and everyone uh everyone agrees. And um, Cup's like, "Look, the ship's not never gonna take off. We fix Prime, and then we regroup." And you know, that's 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 the the current state of what we're doing right now as as Autobots. Uh, but then we see Ironhide and Roadbuster talking, and Roadbuster's basically just like. All I can think about is just getting my hands on on one of them, in which case Ironhide, you know, says Decepticons and Roadbuster's like yeah, and they both kind of say yeah. So um, Roadbuster was pretty frustrated that he didn't get to fight back um, during that whole ordeal because Roadbuster's a pretty big guy. He definitely lives up to the whole uh, Wreckers standard. Um, and that's whenever Ironhide says uh, Roadbuster, what if, what would you say if I told? Him? In which case he gets cut off. Um, and Roadbuster's like what? And then Roadbuster's looking off in the distance, and he sees this like horribly disfigured uh shadow. object. Yeah, shadow silhouette with like four eyes and then some other glowy bits. And apparently that's what scares Roadbuster, uh, or at least that's that, that <laughs> <is his> easy mode <laughs> Like what's what's Grandpa gonna do to your scary monster? That you, you know what I mean? Uh, and then that's whenever we see the swarm.
2: Yeah, which I mean, not for nothing. I I don't know what the general fan reaction to the swarm was because um, I don't know it was during one of my anti internet sabbaticals that I was reading this. Um, but I I actually like the look of the swarm. I like how it you know it obviously incorporates the insecticon colors, but it Very just disfigured. Showed... like
0: you could tell they were they were failed experiments. Right. But yeah. I agree. So I really do like about this though is you know they you know, they ask you know, how many is there? And it's like just one. And says, uh Jazz is like it can't see us, we can't let it get back to the others and Cup says taken care of. And then Jazz mm-hmm. says what? And he's and then Cup says it's taken care of. And that's when Springer leans in and says Drift and then Drift's just standing This is what's up? My favorite. Yeah.
1: This is when I said my favorite part was coming up. This is this two pages right here. But anyway. Drifts
0: just standing there, and he says hello to it, and then it, it starts hissing at him. In which case, all you see like f- the change from like the the first kind of panel to the I guess third is you see the sword out. You see shit dripping off of the sword with little sw- you know swishy lines, and it's missing a head, it, or, it's, or its head's like falling and. Some more stuff's kind of gushing out from where his head was attached. And Drift's just sitting there smiling. It looks like another pops out and he turns his head to the side and there's Perceptor with a sniper rifle just, you know, kind of crouched. And I, Greg, yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, these two
1: pages are just so awesome. Uh, well, just the part where he's like, that was scary. Perceptor. Perceptor's scary. When did Perceptor become scary? Cliff jumper And there. that's... That yeah, that's my favorite part of this whole, of, like this whole
2: segment of the story. Yeah,
0: badass just, just, uh,
2: just taking advantage of that confused dog look articulation.
0: <laughs> right. But um, but very, very awesome. I do, man. I, I really did like this. Kind of cemented that they were uh, worthy of that whole badass character sort of thing cups like all right let's go time to go uh pans back it looks like megatron's uh beating the shit out of Armals. i'm a guessing he's still in israel like i don't know where he is at this but yeah he's got to still be in israel because it's kind of going back to his conversation with starscream um and this is a nice like two-page sort of graphic too i would like to point that out for people who don't have the books. But more of more of that kind of heartfelt conversation that he did have with Starscream. Uh and then, then after Megatron I guess is done brewing on it and thinking about it, that's whenever uh Blitzwing lands and says, uh We were looking everywhere for you and he said, I wish to be alone and he said, you know, to to think, which obviously we just kinda saw all of that. And uh, he shows them just walking away from all of this dest- destruction saying these creatures are of no threat to me. And, and it kind of pans to a room in France. And a uh, couple of old and looks like rich guys talking. Um, let's see, they're talking about money. Blah, blah, blah. Looks like grandkids. Glasses walks in and hands a file or sets a file down. And uh, I think they're talking about like what's going on. Uh, over in the U.S. because, like, shit hasn't hit the fan in their particular country just yet. Um, but this looks like, I guess it's just other world leaders talking about, um, <laughs> New York must be destroyed. And it looks like it's, uh, I think I think they were talking about, like, dropping a new or something like that. Which makes sense. Issue number six. Other than having a fangasm over Perceptor and Drift, um... Anyone have anything they want to add?
1: Yeah, that was that was my one favorite. That was the one part that stood out to me about this uh, this one. Yeah.
2: Um, one. One thing I noticed uh, in the conversation with Megatron and Starscream, the last one that we just saw, is um, Starscream has a line where, uh, let me see, he's like, Who's it gonna be? Scourge and question mark? And um I think that is I, I I think that is the first time we ever hear that name in the IDW universe. Right. Unless unless he, unless he was mentioned during the you know, the exploits of the Arc One, but I know Cyclonus, Galvatron, Geoxys, and never Prime were specifically mentioned as members of the crew, but I don't think Scourge was ever mentioned.
0: But see, and the, he may not have been mentioned, but I can't help but think he was part of that crew, maybe? Or no, maybe he wasn't. Maybe um, Galvatron just recruited him like later on in a story we'll talk about at another time, perhaps. Um, but yeah, you, you may be right, because I know, like, Scourge and sweeps were made, because there were a lot of sweeps and uh, flashing forward whirl kills a bunch of them, uh, and, it, and it, you know, Cyclone, it kind of tricks Cyclonus into thinking that you know one of them was Scourge.
2: So, right, so it's and that was new
0: of Scourge.
2: That that was that was after uh, another storyline we'll be discussing in the future.
0: Right. So I don't know. possibly...
2: So- all right, so we're at the end of Issue 6, uh, going into Issue 7. With a bunch
0: of... Uh, looking like they're trying to beat down a... Looks like this is a, happened kind of back in the day. Because uh, it looks like they're all... Um, you see the words, uh, they're almost in. And then it shows uh, the Seekers walking with Megatron, or might Mitron was that who you called him, Greg? I can't keep up with all the third-party uh, Megatrons.
2: All right. For okay. all intents and purposes, it's Megatron. <laughs> yeah.
0: But um, says so um, uh, let's see who's saying that. Thundercracker, I guess, is saying close to three thousand of them out there was eventually going to happen. And um, let's see. I think someone was asking oh well, looks like it was thundercracker asking megatron if i may be so so bold and megatron says you may not um he says our own kind our own kind obscene twisted malfunctions at least kill them this is torture um and and again thundercracker is just kind of like screaming i guess with robotic veins coming out of his his throat at this point uh our own kind um which I think kind of alludes to how we saw Thundercracker in the last issue with how he was just kind of over it, it seemed. So there was that.
2: Yeah, it seems more that Thundercracker is, um, you know, he's, he's questioning the Decepticon cause because, you know, he's obviously thinking Megatron, uh, you know, just sees them all as expendable tools. Yeah. Um, Thundercracker, you know, is like, dude, we we we've, we've done something terrible here,
0: right? And at that point, Megatron walks up to the the scientist in charge of the station, and um, the scientist has told him that you know the odds of you know the odds of success was one in three thousand, and obvious or one in one thousand, excuse me, and obviously there were three thousand of them, so. Uh, at least one out of every thousand. There were three that were normalized, so to speak, that you know knew their name, um, you know knew what their purpose was, and uh, could kind of act and react accordingly. So, um,
1: just just yeah, and I, here, oh go ahead, mm-hmm. Joe. I, just to try, just to answer your question. Um, that was the first mention of scourge, and then the first appearance of scourge in the sweeps is actually. In the Coda uh, issues to all Megatron. Okay, cool. So, yeah, dude, I,
2: I particularly like this page where Banzai is revealed, like to Megatron, uh, just because the the single the single word answers, which kind of shows that, um, uh, it, like even though he's like highly intelligent, he's not like a fully functional robot, so to speak. Right. Or, I mean or maybe i'm misreading it maybe it's like maybe he's just so intelligent that he doesn't feel the need to mince words but uh when megatron asks him his purpose and he says torment right uh, it's, uh, it's 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 one of my it's one of my favorite uh pages in the series actually
0: yeah it says do you know yeah do you know your name bombshell do you know where you are cybertron do you know your? Do you know why you're created? What your purpose is? Yeah, it was man, and, and it was just a. It was a nice reuse of, I guess, art, uh, which we do see every now and again. But like the the twisted kind of head, and then he sets it back normal, and he kind of twists it again and sets it back normal. I don't know. It was just a. Uh, it showed how creepy the Insecticons are, uh, or at least Bombshell in particular. But um, this next page. This is actually uh, one of one of my favorite. Uh, with Roadbuster in the middle, and you've got this kind of convoy of Autobots, but uh, Roadbuster being so big, you know, a couple of people can just kind of sit on top of him while he's uh, while he's driving, uh, which I think Jazz may be a little too big for this picture too because it looks like he's about the same size as Springer. Uh, but, you know, mass shifting. I think we already talked about that. Um, but it shows uh, Cup and Jazz kind of going over everything. Um it shows it shows this is where we get a more in depth look at what happened and why you know why and how they ended up on on cybertron um so it shows let's see they're in a command room they're all talking about it and um looks like they said they had found where the decepticons were kind of hiding out um, um let's see. Jazz is saying they weren't laying low. There had been a power struggle, and which point Cup asked Starscream, and Jazz confirmed, said he would made a play. There had been a split, and the and they were scattered. Which I think this kind of falls back on the uh, the Asian stories. Um. You know, because we did kind of see that with with Starscream making a split and trying to take down Megatron at every last turn. Um. So some of that was there but then there's there's some of this that just I'm I'm assuming this is all this has all got to be after the whole expansion arc um and just another I guess kind of battle but I like seeing cliff jumper here all armed to the teeth with his uh <clears throat> with like three guns and ridiculous amounts of ammunition so looks like they're all getting ready to go into the fight and, it, you know, Jazz is talking about how they were so desperate for it. They were itching for the fight. Prowl looks like his universe toy still. And then he said it happened quick. They were outnumbered, off balance, and they were all just kind of at the bottom of what looked like a, a crater. And says, says uh, they were strong, unified. They had a purpose I hadn't seen in forever, says Jazz. Uh, it shows them all, like, again, they're just getting their asses handed to them collectively at the bottom of this. And then, that's whenever, uh, let's see, Jazz said there was hope for the of mom- briefest of moments, and then, that's, and then Cup asked, the, and then he said, uh, Devastator, they would found a way to tip the scales, Uh said, we fell, all of us, and then, with us see, it shows Thundercracker ripping off Sideswipe's arm, so we know how that happened. Skyward. Megatron shooting Optimus, oh, I Skyward. Skyward, my bad, my bad. I was my brain was my mouth was working faster than my brain just then. That, that happens a lot. um Megatron's blasting Optimus stomach, which probably is how he. Okay, yeah. Page uh, the next page. It says uh, Jazz ca- ripping the Matrix wires and all out of Prime's chest. When Prime still has like a twinkle in his eye, but I'm pretty sure that's a that's a robot tear. <clears throat> Let's see. Then we kinda go back to uh to present Where Cup uh, tells them to take a short break. And um that's whenever Jazz is asked any any signs of drift or blur. And Cup's like, uh, no, won't be unless something's wrong. They're uh, they're gone. Which I'd only you know, I think they'd kinda showed some of that later on, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Just the whole all the I guess fun drift and blur kind of had out there scouting ahead and whatnot uh, but before we get to that if if there even is that to get to um, so we see let's see we see sunstreaker walking into a room with sideswipe on him um, sideswipe says we need to talk and uh, let's see. him and sunstreaker looks like they kind of start to have a heated argument a little bit and Sunstreaker's telling him to kind of back off and sideswipes just like no you really don't know what I'm what I'm trying to talk to you about um you and Ironhide, you're you're really making shit worse um and then we let's see we have another kinda of backflash to what Sunstreaker had to go through with the Nation and becoming a headmaster and then that's Sunstreaker gets pissed off cuz he's like no you don't get to do this to me yeah the, this this I thought was a very heartfelt kind of three pages um with Sunstreaker's kinda of frustration um with Sideswipe kind of trying to act like his caregiver or, so, you know, something like that. And saying that Sideswipe has no right to bring that because he doesn't know uh, what happened.
2: It pan- Just side note, uh, like, the one, the one page, the flashback page with, uh, you know, uh, Scorpion, Hunter, Sideswipe's head, and... Uh, what's yeah. his name? Dante. Like, there that is that's some fantastic art in my mind.
0: Yeah, it really is. Um, both both line art and colors. The uh, whoever did this page in particular, they did a really really good job.
2: Yeah, and I mean it's it's like it's it's the first time we see Sunstreaker actually have well, one any significant amount of lines in the series, and two, uh, you know, just like, the damage that that experience did to him.
0: Yeah, you could tell it really broke him. Especially especially whenever he was, uh... enough to make him kind of snap on sideswipe like that, for sure. Um, but back to another flashback. Um, Jazz is still kind of telling Cup about, uh... you know, what had happened. You know, Jazz, we were already beaten and broken, um... That's whenever they said, you know, there was a traitor in our midst, and, and uh, it, let's see, it shows them kind of walking off into a space bridge, Uh which I guess the space bridge came out of nowhere, because it doesn't really, uh, it says they had a new machine, one that, one that the Insecticons um had created, so I guess they do kind of sort of talk about it, but <clears throat> that being I think the first time, what's up?
2: Which, which is a great story device for explaining any new technology that we hadn't seen in the uh, the IDW-verse, like, up to that point. It's like, oh, hey, Space Bridges. Yeah, Insecticons made it. Like, oh, Gestalt. It's like, yeah, you know, Insecticons made it. Not that they say that here, but, like, it's just like, oh, how... How, d- how did all this come to be? It's like ah, eh, insecticons.
0: <laughs> just in, just Idi- idiot,
2: off. idiot savant insecticons made everything.
0: Yeah. but then it explains that uh, while they were all kind of going through, uh, Prime did something on the other side. He ended up destroying the machine from the other side, so that way. Uh, I guess they couldn't follow them, and it looks like Dirge and that weird like scientific uh, robot guy were kind of stuck there with them. Um, but I guess they didn't. Well, I mean, I know nothing happened to Dirge. Uh, we we see that super later on, but it just I, I think we were all kind of led to assume that they got the crap beat out of them. But we never really saw anything concrete, so but back to kind of present present times. Um shows Sunstreaker. Okay, yeah, Sunstreaker's kinda of coming out and Ratchet and Ironhider, I guess, sort of talking. I'm sure Ironhide was doing the same thing he was trying to do, trying to get people against Mirage. And uh <clears throat> Ironhide's kind of really getting on Sunstreaker's case. Like, you know, hey, what's up? What's going on? And Sunstreaker doesn't want to talk about it. He's, and then, so anyways, they say, you and me, uh, he thinks we're aggravating the situation with Mirage. Dividing the group, he thinks you're taking it too far. And then that's whenever Ironhide kind of loses it. And he's like, you think i you know, he thinks I'm taking it too far. So he walks up to Mirage, slams him against the wall, punches him in the face. And then punches him again in the face. And Mirage, like, the whole time Mirage is like, uh, look, I, I'm, not gonna like, I'm, I'm not going to fight you. Like, I'm not going to fight
1: you. And um, Ironhide still just, uh, Which, this is a callback to what? Uh,
2: to G1. <laughs> Except for it was... Uh, jumper was the one who was always uh, suspicious of Mirage in G1. Yep.
0: Oh, I mean, they're both red, so it's fine. Oh,
2: tell you what, look, looking at looking at Mirage's mug, uh, he he won't be so pretty anymore.
0: Yeah, dude, like it's his face is kind of cracked open. His okay, he's got green blood from his eyes and purple blood from his uh, from his mouth and nose. So it looks like looks like his eyes were leaking a little bit. But Ironhide's talking about how he doesn't deserve to wear the auto badge, and then he just starts, like, laying his fist into it, something fierce, to where it, it essentially gets curled up, uh, it looks like, with his chassis. And then he kind of gives him another sucker punch on the way to the ground, twice. And then that's whenever Sunstreaker and, uh, let's see, Ratchet, Trax, Wheeljack, Trailbreaker, they're all kind of there, like, you know, wow, dude, what did you do? So, that's the end of, uh, that's the end of issue number
1: seven. Uh, Spirits, we Yeah? Hey, uh, yeah, you sound like shit now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, hold on. Let me see what I can solve here.
3: Alright.
0: Uh, Greg, was there anything else that kind
2: of is it still shitty? Well,
1: it sounds like you're on your cell driving around now.
2: Well, I've been driving around for like a half hour, but well, uh, I, yeah,
1: well, I know, but um, I guess you put it on speakerphone,
2: maybe. Um, no, I just I got a phone call, and then I don't know, everything went wonky. But let me uh, let me try to troubleshoot, and I'll get back to you guys.
1: Well, it sounds better now. It's just before. I think it was maybe on speaker or something. I don't know. It sounds better now.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah. So, is it is it that noticeable? I mean, not to like sidetrack the episode, but like, is it? Can you hear like rumbling or what?
1: I'm
2: going to hear some cars yeah, in the background. But earlier,
1: like just then, it was like.
2: Okay. All right. So we're good then. All right. Let's continue. Sweet. We'll fix it. We'll fix it in post production. Uh,
0: what post production?
2: <laughs> it's, it's it's an interesting channel. Right, yeah, uh, this will it. all
0: be fixed in post production. We'll highlight it. Uh, draw a smiley face over the audio. It'll work. But um so did anyone have anything they want to touch on in, in um in issue number seven? Anything anything kinda stuck out beyond what we did kinda talk about?
2: Uh, I like I, I, I do like that sunstreaker is the one who tipped iron ironhide past like his boiling point um, probably because maybe he did that side swipe you know knew something mm-hmm. uh, because he's like hey that you know that all that stuff really messed you up and we need to talk about it and sunstreakers like you know no and then he goes and Goes Ironhide into beating the ever-loving shit out of Mirage.
0: Right. Which, that kind of sort of opens us up to the next issue. Greg, was there anything else you wanted to... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The next issue, it shows uh, Sunstreaker. It shows in the past. Uh, Sunstreaker, and it it was post-op of separating Hunter from him. And just he just how he did not want to talk about it, and he re- just would refuse to talk to anyone. And in in which case uh, that that totally makes sense. But then uh, it kind of brings us back to the present about what's going on in Cup, is uh, sort of Ironhide like you know say man you know better than this. You know there's there's no there's no proof yet, uh, basically. And he says, uh, Cup Cup makes the, the statement, you always expect the worst of bots. And because of that, you you couldn't uh, because of that you could see things he'd never see talking about prime. And uh, that's whenever Ironhide kinda chokes up and he's like, They've been shutting me out like you know, he's like, I should have seen this coming, the you know, other Because I think Ironhide was kind of an, an oldie along with Cup. Uh, but looks like their conversation is interrupted by some choom, choom, choom. and at which point uh blaster's talk you know says it's the swarm and uh, perceptors being a badass, and then it looks let's see Blair comes speeding in says uh they're on us <laughs> no shit and uh Cup asked for drift and then um Blair he was like oh, I had no idea combined him. So, uh, Perceptor still, at this point, being a badass, like, literally not worrying about anything, and then, um, Cups telling everyone to stay in formation, stay alert, and then we pan to New York City, and then we've got, uh, we've got the Reflectors here, and this was, like, a very brutal, um, I think, page. Really, this is probably one of the most brutal scenes in the whole arc, like as far as, you know alien robots curiosity with, with humans. Cause uh you know, they were like, Don't be afraid, we're going to play a game. Would you like to play a game? It would no, please don't And then that's whenever he's just kinda saying he says, Oh dear, they come apart quite easily, don't they? Such a mess. shall, shall we put get? Toge- shall we put them back together again? Yes, let's. Like that was that was pretty fucked up. At least, like, I know, at least I thought it was. Or, you know... Reflector was a troubled dude. Or They were all three troubled dudes.
1: Well, I mean, all through this, all through this you've seen, like, the, this with all the different Decepticons. I mean, they're all commenting about how weak they are, and blah 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 blah. They don't really care. Um... I'm kind of cu- it's kind of curious though because you see the 3 and then you only see the 1 and it's the same one from different angles so where the other 3 does it are they holograms or do they disappear because you only see the 1 after that
3: Yeah
0: Something they uh, didn't really They didn't really uh talk too much about Yeah I think I think that the character that could have used some extra explanation as to how he is and how he does what he does you know what I mean but oh well. Uh, let's see. But well, we see Starscream walking past him, and Starscream's like, "What the fuck is this guy's problem?" And then he's he's <laughs> going into, uh, kind of walking into a building, and then Minotaur says, "What do you want, secret? And then uh, that's whenever Kickback is telling Shrapnel to be careful. He's addressing a superior officer, and that's whenever Starscream mentions, "You have me probably have me confused with someone else." And so some scheming is going on. And uh they after they get past their formalities, Starscream's like, in fact, perhaps it's time you and I had a talk. So typically whenever Starscream wants to talk with someone one on one, it doesn't really end good for someone. But uh it's
2: Like Woohoo, fanwank, seeker
0: <laughs> Hey, it's one of them jet guys in the in the next page. Woohoo. But, um... Then we go back to Cybertron, and it's, uh... Again, Perceptor and Cup are on Roadbuster, uh... Shooting at stuff, with Ratchet just kind of, like, keep trying to keep up, I guess. And, um... Cup makes the comment, days like this never get old, uh... Showing his true Wrecker's fashion. And... Let's... See. Back to, uh... To... to the, the... The story at hand... With uh, the chase of the um the swarm. Uh, I, I like how uh cliff jumper's kinda sitting in the back of Hound. I think that's funny. Uh but Cubs telling everyone to stay clean. He uh he has Perceptor, he just he literally just has Perceptor. And you see for look and there's two charges, um on either side of him. He I guess swiftly slings his rifle uh on his back and then reaches for the two handgun the two handguns that are on his waist. Uh and then he just in pure badass fashion just takes one shot at each and uh blows up the portion of the bridge behind them. And then uh let's see Ratchet's worried about drift, Bumblebee ass doesn't matter. Cup tells them to shut the hell up, and uh Perceptor is hit with looks- what looks like a little poison dart. From one of the, uh, the swarm that was crawling on the building. And Cups telling everyone to keep moving. Just, like, keep shooting at them. But, uh, let's see. It's the only way... Okay. Yeah, it looks like they're trying to blow out that last bridge. Um, to put some considerable time and distance between the swarm and them. Uh, but I think at which point the the bridge didn't quite blow how they needed it to. And, um... They're all essentially looking for volunteers. Like, Blair's saying he can do it, but Cup's like, no, man, you're not fast enough. You'll just die. And, um, at which point Blair's just like, give me a shot. We don't do this, and we're all dead. And that's whenever it looks up and says, wait a minute, one streaker. And then we pan back to Earth after things are getting good and exciting on Cybertron. Uh, Starscream, it's now Starscream looking out on the, su- uh, on the sunset. Um, Let's see. Like, he's talking to... Uh, who, I don't know who he's I'm guessing he's talking to uh, Bombshell. Because he asked if Megatron suspects. Yeah. Says he always suspects. And Starscream says there was once a long time ago there was a time I idolized him. And then, looks like Bombshell mm-hmm. has said it now. And Starscream says he's lost his way. Prepare the others, await my signal. So, I think Starscream was playing on everyone's emotions of, like, what next, what to do next. And even even his own. Like, Starscream seemed to have had uh, those kind of emotions himself.
2: Yeah, I I, I really like Starscream flying like he always suspects. Like, because Megatron is such a badass that, like, he never rests.
0: He always knows. And it's typically Starscream. It's typically Starscream that's always trying to... uh, use him. So, back on Cybertron, we see Sunstreaker just kind of standing in the middle of the bridge. uh, In his universe toy and all. And we see... (laughs) I like the little bitty red... like, Like, out of all these blues and dark blues and grays, we just see this little red figure... In the back, obviously Ironhide, and he just speeds after him. And uh, this is another very heartfelt moment because Ironhide's like, you know, "Hey kid, uh," you and it's, it's kind of a flashback to uh, Starscream Starscream says, "Uh, so do we have a deal?" And Sunstreaker says, "Uh," or Ironhide asks him, "says What are you doing?" Sunstreaker says, "I'm not sure." And then it goes back to the to Starstream. It shows Sunstreaker and Starscream are having a conversation because uh, Starscream said, you know, he's asking, not sure, but this is what you want, and in all of it, he said, I know what was done to you, what it, what it's like for you to stay here. You hate it, you can't stand it, and you want out. And, you know, Sunstreaker's kind of befuddled, but Starscream being the master deceiver that he is is like, it's true. Um, And again, kind of panning back to Ironhide and Sunstreaker, uh, Ironhide's like, you're trying to get yourself killed, and Sunstreaker says, yes. And it kind of pans back to Starscream saying, "I can't defeat Megatron alone. Help me." So it, it shows it shows like the the setup of deceptiveness and Spiros, what you were talking about earlier. How ironically, Sunstreaker was the one that kind of set Ironhide off uh, in in Mirage's area. But uh, this is where Sunstreaker, you know, finally tells Ironhide he said it was me, and. Ironhide's like, what? He said it was me, and then Ironhide says, what? And uh, he Sunstreaker kind of uh, admits that he had a deal with Starstream. Starscream, but it was supposed to take down Megatron. Talking about how he needed to get off the planet, um, you know, dealing, dealing with his demons and whatnot, uh, at which point uh, Ironhide was just like, wow, you made a deal with Starscream, you led us to the slaughter, why? And then... Uh, that's whenever, uh,
2: Yeah. what's up? I like, I like, I, uh, I'm just saying I like this next page where it continues the conversation between...
0: What he's trying to say is, uh, how Sunstreaker got super dark, and sorry to kind of steal your thunder from this, uh, Spiros, but, um, Sunstreaker only agreed on one condition, and the condition was you kill every single one of them, talking about the humans, and he looks back at Ironhide and he says, I just wanted them to suffer for it to me. Uh, then it looks like both of them got hit with this kind of poison dart thing. And there's a bunch of these Insecticons, uh, failed experimental except Insecticons, uh, uh, running after them. And Sunstreaker screams, go to Ironhide to go. Uh, then we drift, leap over, and do some superheroic shit. Um, Let's see oh okay, well it looks like he was just um trying to get to the explosives anyways. But he grabs he grabs uh Ironhide and kinda of loads Ironhide up on him as he's trained, and then that's whenever Sunstreaker uh shoots the explosive device. Taking uh taking the bridge down. And let's see. They'll pissed off and he's telling Drift to get off of him. And Jazz is like, eh, it's probably best if you stay out here for right now. You know, keep watch. Being an ex-Decepticon, I'm sure Uh, I'm sure, a lot of people really like you. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. After all of that, we kind of get to see more of what happens with Spike and what his, I guess, sort of journey uh to the other side was all about. Uh, and it shows him he's got to pick up. He gets this experimental weapon I think was a... Uh, it was basically shockwaves cannon, right? That they turned into like a gun, and um, he ends up shooting frenzy in the head. Or, wow, how dare myself? He shoots Rumble in the head. Uh, he shoots Red Cassette Tape Man in the in the face, and at which point that causes Soundwave to immediately after him, and there's this. Big sort of a—I uh, don't want to call it really. If I do end up uh, kind of escape, so that's that's re- the next kind of noticeable thing that I that I realize happen. Um, also, Optimus Prime, was a hooray! Uh, and he—he's he's talking about you know he's gonna take the fight back to Earth, and they end up coming back. Uh, do they own this bridge I can't. Oh no, no 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 no! Omega Supreme shows up. That's what happens. Omega Supreme kills all of the the swarm that they're kind of fighting and then um it's whenever they they kind of make their way back and once they do get back uh, Omega Supreme and Devastator are kind of going on um I may be getting ahead of myself actually this uh yeah I'm totally getting ahead of myself am I getting ahead of myself Greg
1: um, I don't know where.
3: You, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, cause yeah,
0: cause that's right. Megatron, before all, the, before all of that went down, before the Autobots showed back up, that's whenever Starscream kind of led his uh, combined, I guess, coup against Megatron, and because uh, I remember Megatron going toe to toe with Devastator, um, in which. I feel like he he lost that fight.
2: No, okay, so... Soundwave went after Spike, uh, and then Optimus makes his return. So, and then, like, Autobot morale is up, and then we get to uh, the scene of Starscream's uh, potential uh, coup.
1: Which which I want to point out... um, Once you start uh, with issue nine, you see a noticeable change in coloring and art, which um, I mean, a very marked change. It's almost um, anime esque versus the versus the more sketchy.
2: Um, Yeah, I don't. I want to say that maybe Josh Perez took over coloring. Or is he not? Is he not in the credits? Yeah, I'm flipping to the beginning to look through the credits.
1: I'm thinking about who? Who do you think did the art? Um, Because it was either Casey or Emiliano Santa Lucia, and I don't. Oh,
3: uh,
2: you know what? It those anime esque, uh, you know, like the color pages. uh, I believe they're done by EJ Sue. Who did the uh, See, the Asian series? Uh,
0: actually, issue number nine. The yeah. colors are by Josh Bertram and Robert Ds. Robert Dees? Oh. I'm I'm probably butchering that guy's last name.
2: Yeah, probably probably Ds.
0: Yeah. Um, the art, art I guess the actual art was by again by Robert Ds and Emiliano Santalucia.
1: God, I hope Don't I got it d- right. Did he? D- did he do the lines, Emil- Emiliano? Yes. Looks like
0: both of them did lines, and well, uh, Bertram and Diaz did colors.
1: I figure lots of lines get done in the production of one of these comics, but every now and um, again they get
0: they get a couple of different artists uh, working on lines. Like we see that, like later on in uh, like the kind of more current ongoings, but well, you know there is that. We
1: well, you know who Emiliano is, right?
0: Uh... An artist?
1: You're a, you're a Hasbro you got Come on, man. You're a Hasbro guy. If anyone on here knows who he is, out of the three people here, that's not me. So I guess the two people here, you should <laughs> why, know. Why should we know?
0: Because
1: he does a lot of the uh, character designs for the for the toys.
3: Well,
1: and he did uh, all the Masters of the Universe classics. Um, he did the character designs
2: for that.
0: Say, well, how long ago did he do yeah,
2: that? I knew, I, knew he, I knew he did... I knew he did Wait. the Masters of the Universe stuff. Because
3: did if I'm
0: try not, if on I'm not mistaken, and uh, I don't. I don't know if if I'm getting if I would get him in any trouble by, by saying this, but I don't. I don't think I would. But um, like Robbie Musso works on the uh, the package artwork. Or at least he has been for like Titans Return and stuff like that.
1: So. Well, he, the only comic book art that he did for Transformers was he did Spotlight Blaster. And he did the he did a couple of issues. He did nine, ten, and fourteen of IDW. Um, but as far as his uh, his character, like his robot designs, um, he did uh, Prime Thundertron. He did uh, Legends Cosmos Rat Trap Waspinator Rhinox Skybite Metroplex. Um, he did AOE Slog. He did Combiner Wars Skylinks. He did uh, Titan. The Titan Masters for Crash Bash, Lobmouth, Nightbeaten, Terrible. He did the uh, Void and Alpha Tryon. The Power Master was Prime and Soundwave. Um, and that that's what's on this list right now. I'm sure yeah. there's a little bit more, but there's multiple people that work that work on. So I mean, if you know one guy, but he's just kind of got a name because he's very uh, he's very social as well. Like he's very very approachable, I guess. Like he's in groups and he's like he's in a Masters of the Universe group, like a sister group to the that's Cafe. Really cool. uh, yeah, yeah, he's just yeah, and he's always posting his art, like a lot of art and stuff, concept art for, for care. Uh, so there's that, but yeah. Uh, anyway.
0: uh, let's see, back to after after Megatron was trying to fight all the Decepticons. This is where he had talked to him, and he was like, you know, you're everything that the Decepticons embody, and one day, you know you'll get to have them, but today's not that day. Uh some of course I'm paraphrasing uh but I thought that was a very kind of heartfelt speech that he had with you know with him amidst their kind of infighting as the the Autobots sort of landed and start, started kinda uh taking them apart one by one and then you see Starscream uh think about it for a brief second he kinda turns his turns back the other troops and he Throws his screams, "All hail Megatron!" Um, which I believe, let's see, I think that's issue ten. are uh, that down, uh, and we see another just big gigantic battle. And I really do like these earlier on uh, fights in the comic books. Just uh, all the detail and the artwork, and they they really get out for good measure. You know what I mean like um in particular I, I would be kind of fun uh Omega Supreme fighting Devastator for the obvious reasons um I say the obvious reasons um shout out to that G1 episode of Crystal City one of the like three times they gave the Constructicons a uh, a backstory
1: that was different
0: Anybody remember
3: No
1: Crystal City was um
0: not not in, that not was the, it was uh talking about the Omega Supreme and uh yeah
1: G one yeah the G one show that was yeah. the or, that was the what was the episode called it was called uh the origin of Omega Supreme secret it
0: was of the Om- secret of Omega Supreme but it of looked of like Supreme, it, it gave yeah, <coughs> speaking, yeah it gave like... the Trakticons some kind of more backstory which I thought was uh.
2: Yeah, because they were, like, funny. friends with Omega Supreme. He was super plucky and happy. And then Megatron... You guys hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, Megatron, you know, changed their personalities, and then Omega Supreme felt betrayed. And uh... But then
0: there was another origin story for the Constructicons where, like, they were built by Megatron to be a combiner. Or something like I don't know. The Constructicons had a couple of a uh, couple of backstories in the tomb, but
2: nah,
3: eh,
0: it's neither here nor there. I know uh, what I do like is uh, it's that
2: it's that um, the origin of Megatron. They show him getting up from a table that's surrounded by like seven Constructicons. Yeah. So it was implied that the Constructicons built Megatron. So I think that's where you're getting. The uh, confusion, like it's more Megatron's origin than uh, Constructicons,
0: and it very well could be, man. Like it's, I I literally just watched all those episodes once, and I was like, man, I can't do this. I could, you know, I I couldn't like do it again. You know what I mean? But that that sounds right though. Uh, But anyway, Prime tells Omega Supreme, like, hey, man, you and Devastator need to take that shit somewhere else. Um, and all the while, if you remember the. Nuclear bomb that I guess those other like European world leaders, uh, called in to uh, to strike at America, to strike on America, whatever, to drop on New York. Uh, come to find out, that's actually a octane, I believe, isn't it? It's it's Decepticon ship, and
1: yes, okay, that cool. was like...
0: Let's see. Also, um, hiding amongst the humans is a Decepticon. looks a lot like uh, one of those Cybertron toys, like now that I'm looking at it. Fallback? Was it Fallback? I was thinking
1: of it too. Was, was that his name? It was, uh... Isn't it the one that got recolored into... They colored it Shit. into Flack for a bot
0: on a... one year in 2009.
1: Alright, hold on then. Let's, let's track back then. Black.
0: I think they actually Fuck. A universe that, I universe. I know there was like a universe toy that looked a lot like this. But I mean, every, everything about it looked up.
1: No, BotCon Flack was a, um, that was a re... Blah, 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 Hold on. Let's see what they use. They used a Cybertron toy for that, I think. Or is that what you said?
0: Yeah, it was, yeah, Cybertron toy.
1: Yeah, it was scatter. It was a redo a scatter shot. Um... Who did that say, Fallback? Yeah. Let me try the Name popped in my head. Fallback Outback? Yeah, Fallback was the one they redid. No, that was the Outback. Um, what was the one? What was the other miss? Revealed the shield line. They did a, I had a recolor of it.
2: I think. Yeah, fall, Fallback and brawn. Or in the revealed shield line.
1: Oh and well, then fuck. I think it was a movie toy, and there was a. Yeah, it was the one that had those push missiles, and it had those yeah, super was, long missile missiles.
2: Yeah, the big green guy, um, and then he had a blue Autobot recolor, right? Yep. Yep. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Mindset. Hailfire. Hailfire was the hailstorm. Hail- our hailstorm was the green one. Mindset was the blue one.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. That—that's what I thought of when I first saw it. But that still doesn't fit. But we're getting close.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say we're we're, all, we're pretty much pretty near the end. But one of my um, one of my favorite favorite another favorite scene, I guess I should say. There's a ton of favorite scene I have in this whole story arc was uh, whenever he's getting up, and you know, all the army guys were like, he was here the whole time, you know, and he's blowing up what's, I guess, left of their base. And you see Colonel Witwicky uh, shoot a rocket at him, kind of gets his attention tor- turned to him. And then you just see Cup uh, walking out from beneath the beneath the water uh, with a cigar in his mouth, or cigar in his mouth, and uh, promptly uh, handles him accordingly. And then the big Megatron and Prime fight, you got Spike kind of helping him out with... Uh, with that kind of shockwave cannon gun thing, to call.
2: It. Oh hey guys, um, sorry I don't mean to cut you off, but before I forget, um, I actually went and flipped through the pages. The, uh, the Decepticon is drop shot. It was a redo of uh, Cybertron Defense Force scatter shot awesome. from the Cybertron toy line.
1: Oh well, uh, yeah, Dakota had it right then. That was the that was yeah, the thing. was super of. familiar. So.
0: It was uh, something that I just kind of wanted to point out. It was cool. They they did use a lot of toy designs, um, and they still kind of do, sort of, when it matters, I guess. But um, but yeah. Let's see. Then we uh we see another notable thing is at, at the end of all this, uh, it's pretty much defeated. Um, Star Scream is a uh, lifting him away from the battle they're all kind of retreating but um, it's because this big nuclear bomb was about to get dropped on all of them and then Thundercracker was just sort of standing there uh, and I remember Drift uh, reaching out to him and he was just like hey good to see you're changing you know changing your heart you know whatever <laughs> Thundercracker just slaps his hand away he's like I'm not a traitor dirty traitor uh, which I, I thought was funny um. But Cracker kind of saves the day on this. He he's the one that uh, accepted the the nuclear warhead, took it into space, and then you know blew it up. I guess post atmosphere, uh, which they could fully totally see on the ground, um, making a victory for everything. And then another, uh, you know, kind of going back to Cup, uh, destroying that dude that looked like a. Toy. I can't remember what you just called him, Spiros. I'm sorry. Uh, it shows the Colonel kind of sitting there saying, "So from outer space, huh?" Cup was like, "Yep." He says, "So what's with the cigar?" And then Cup says, "What's a cigar?" I don't know. I thought it was thought it was kind of <laughs> clever.
2: Yeah, no, nah, I like that. Drop shot uh, was his name. Hey, stop apologizing.
1: I like this next panel a lot. Um... With uh, Thundercracker and with uh, Skywarp.
0: What was the deal with Sideswipe at the uh, at the end of it? Like I know like, you know, we, we see we see Hunter kind of all strung up, or bits and pieces of Hunter. And he looks very malnourished, uh, but it's still kind of in his streaker head. Um and Sideswipe essentially kills his life for but what I'm trying to remember like I don't really know where that exactly is like where that really fits like what happened was that somewhere looks like they may be somewhere where it's snowy
1: I don't know I didn't really get well it should earlier the Decepticons had Hunter that's that's when, they they said, that's when, um, was it drift told uh, Ironhide that it couldn't have just been Sunstreaker, because they had code, the Sunstreaker, yes, had up the one thing, but he could have been the only one, because they had codes, and they had everything, all this other stuff that no one there could have known about, um, that were related to Earth, and then it shows, like, after the, after the whole bombshell, like, uh, torment thing, it shows him, um, with the hunter, so the implication is that the decepticons at some point captured Hunter in the tube, and that they were they hacked into or had captured him at some point um and had hacked into him and in the parts of the Cybertronian technology and were using that to get information right through his link with with their systems okay. And so there wasn't another traitor. It was that. And Sideswipe knew who he was. Um, Did I say Sideswipe before? I meant Sunstreaker. But Sideswipe knew who he was, and he wasn't. It was a mercy kill. Yeah, this was in one of the CODA issues,
0: wasn't it? No, All Health Cyber... All
1: Health... All hell Cybertron. <laughs> Jesus Christ! This is how all Megatron ends. This is the regular. The, that's the last page of the uh, last right, no, issue. Right? No, no. I mean, I, well, I mean, like you no, explaining
0: that because I know in one of the codas it shows uh, like a hunter and like Galvatron and Cyclonus story.
1: No, that's not. Well, I mean, it could be, but I mean, it's explaining. Go back to it. Um. It was after he beat the shit of Mirage. Hold on. <clears throat> Hold on. Let me find it exactly.
2: It's a race to see who can get to it.
1: <laughs> okay, here we are. So it's after it's after <laughs> Sunstreaker kills himself. Um, to blow up the bridge, and it's when Drift is talking to Ironhide, and Ironhide's on the bed, and he said, um, you should know it wasn't all him. He led you to the ambush, but that was the only design to defeat Prime. Everything else wasn't his fault. And uh, he said the had codes and a way into our systems that Sunstreaker couldn't possibly provide. Okay. And... Ironhide responds, with, so you're saying this is the trader and drift says no, I'm there's more to this than we know. And then the very next page is Bombshell looking up and then at a light and the next panel is Hunter. That's when I said I want a Hunter playset. I guess and I totally missed
0: well. <laughs> I suck.
2: Yeah. Oh
1: well.
0: And it
2: looks like it looks like he's got one arm, which is like Sunstreaker's ear. And then I don't even know if he has any legs or another arm. It looks no, like he's later later
0: on the, the one, side swipe finding mm-hmm. him, uh, he doesn't have yeah, any no legs. Yeah, there's nothing. Do what a way to just die.
2: <laughs> well, dude, it's like they uh, like the plug that goes into his eye, which I can only assume is some kind of like you know spike that goes into his brain or something. For oh yeah like it's just it's it's a gruesome it's a gruesome way to you know present their a prisoner but it's also a good it's a good illustration of
0: i like how dark bombshell the bombshell got at em- this point honestly
2: yeah like just the wholesale slaughter of humans and all that but it's just it's a good illustration of bombshell embracing his function of torment
0: yeah um Real quick, if you want to touch on uh, one of the Coda issues, uh, mostly the Cup one. I think that's where it's kind of the the Cup and Perceptor one. Really, uh, those are kind of what I think is is are the most important ones. Um, basically, uh, it it picks up like very shortly after the events of of Spotlight Cup, and uh, we see Springer uppercutting Prowl, which, you know, I guess apparently Springer's the only one that can just uh, put hands on Prowl, and Prowl doesn't try to find some sneaky way to get them killed for it, um, which we'll find out much later on, Uh wise, and what anyways, Prowl says, "Uh, well hey, Cup's doing better, he goes, well he didn't look like he was doing better, and then he ran some test footage, showed Cup uh, running around with uh, with a cigar in his mouth, uh, shooting shit up, jumping around, transforming like he was brand new. And Springer even asked you said, "What's he doing, sucking on a cigar?" And Prowl was like, "Well, trade one addiction. Was it Prowl or was it Perceptor that said trade one addiction for another?" Uh, talking about how they kind of laced it with those crystals found on the planet. And that's that's basically what kind of came down to that. Uh, as far as Perceptor being a bat, it's like they ran into Bludgeon and the uh, Monster Bots, Monstructor. And Perceptor went from being a helpless scientist. and I think this is where they also picked up Hot Rod, so that explains how he got there too. Um, Perceptor, being, he ended up getting hurt style, so he just stayed in his lab and calmly was uh, upgrading himself. And Greg, you even talked about it on the last issue, how he just moved all of his stats to Marksman. So, um, but that is how uh, they they picked up hard, which was uh, which was cool to see. That was neat to see. But anyone have anything else they kind of wanted to add to all Hell Megatron and the uh, Dakota issues?
2: <clears throat> well, there is um, there's one issue where it's showing the feet and um, Starscream takes the Matrix, and he's trying to uh, open it and, you know, kind of, like, claim the mantle of leadership. And uh, he fails miserably, and he just kind of... The Decepticons, you know, claim him as their leader, and they say, hail, hail. But the last panel shows Starscream just, like, with his head in his hands, like, he's so out of his depth that he doesn't even know what to do with himself.
0: Yeah, we'll see that with him a lot, I think, going forward. At least, uh, at least I think we will.
3: But, uh...
2: And then there's there's also a CODA issue with Sunstreaker that, you know, focuses on uh, him being rebuilt and Hunter, and, uh, it, gives the little hint that they're you know he may not be completely dead because his head has got a lit optic in the middle of a swarm pile
0: yeah that's a what What a little hint to have yeah i don't know
2: oh and then we
3: have
2: and then we have our first appearance of scourge uh yeah when yeah, yeah, yeah. they're they're setting up they're setting up galvatron and Cyclonus coming back for the uh, the chaos event that will be covered in another episode,
0: which I think is the uh, the true, the proper, I guess, kind of uh Nova Prime story. I think I, I like how they. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of a pain in the ass that uh, that that story was told three times. Um, but I, I like this one more than I like the first one or the third one. Whenever we do get around to it, uh, but other than that, is there anything else anyone wants to add? I think uh, we're we're going right at two and a half hours now.
1: Hmm. Um, yeah, I think we uh, I think we touched. I think,
2: it. I think we've covered everything. You know, Prowl's machinations. You know, and ha- having a uh, hidden agenda for bringing Cut back and which I mean, I, I like, like I love. I love the world building that was done in that issue alone. Just, you know, like, Prowl wasn't special, but he's just this bastard who, you know, pulls strings behind the scenes, and he understands the value of Cup because Cup is one of those penultimate Autobots that everybody knows. So he wanted to bring him back to be the face of... Like morale for the Autobots, and then, of course, as we'll learn later on, you know. See, like for he reasons. was
0: definitely uh, the fifth of the Wreckers at that point, because I mean, it really looked like he looked in control throughout all Megatron. He was the leader of the Wreckers, you know. Yeah, well, he and that's true too, but the, but we'll we'll, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it next week, but um, in Last Stand of the Wreckers, like. Springer's definitely in charge like you can tell yeah. Springer is he's back mm-hmm. to kind of leading up that that subgroup uh but but here it, it totally looks like like cup was and 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 that's that's kind of something I would have liked a little bit of you know expanding on like you know if it was something simple as you know cup saying you know hey kid here's the keys you know i'm just a soldier just like you you know i'm just a soldier I'm reenlisting or something yeah but, yeah, I, but I, I, anyway we, we,
2: we, and the, Oh, sorry. I mean, uh, I do like the callback in the cup coda that to the pretender technology that Jetfire developed for the excursion into the expanse. Yeah. Like it's it's basically like cups, you know, riddled, you know addicted self like in a pretender body and the cigar is just you know something to keep That's the addiction at bay not it, not that i meant not that i meant to you know recap what was already said but um yeah, I mean, it is, it is. like uh, it's a lot of a lot of people don't realize that, that cup is basically a pretender at this point now
0: yeah and we even see the cigar falls out of his mouth and he, he sees his arm that had just kind of fallen off that he was joking about and then it looks like outback's arm for for a minute. And you know they, he he kind of has flashbacks to the cup cup, you know being on that that planet, uh, and then finally Perceptor picks it up. He's like, "Here you go, old man. You know, like put this back in your mouth." So.
2: Well, mm-hmm. cool.
0: but if that's it, then uh, this has been.
2: Oh, and I just sorry, I'm I'm gonna keep don't, being don't an asshole. That. Um, but I mean, Nick Roche's art, like that man. I would love to I would love to get him on an ongoing book at some point. Oh, no. Because his, his like exaggerated cartoony style just I don't know, there's something about it. I love it. I know some people find it uh, you know, a little too animated for a Transformers uh comic, which is kind of ironic if you think about it. Uh, mm-hmm. but I mean, I just I, I his expressions on every bot's face are just so expressive and he's a hell of a line mean,
0: artist, like yeah
2: yeah and and he tells a good story because he did uh he did sins of the Wreckers. like he wrote that i believe
0: yeah just, i know I know he and James Roberts, I believe co-wrote last stand, uh but sins right. of the Records I think was was what percent him.
2: Yeah, like, that was a total solo show because it was actually delayed by a couple of months because of a personal issue he had. Right. Um, so, but yeah, okay. I'll uh, I'll shut up now so we can wrap it up.
0: Thought <laughs> man? uh So, that has been it for this week's issue of Information Creep. I think we're living up to the name quite well. Um, so, <laughs> Greg, can people find you anywhere? Yo.
3: Uh...
1: Yeah, you know. in, in your hearts, in your minds. Um, Shattercast and Cut every Friday morning on the YouTubes and the iTunes. And, yeah, that I'm around. All right.
0: And Spiros?
2: Uh, I'm lurking in Facebook groups all the time. Uh, you'll probably see me pissing somebody off with my opinion. Um, Who are you Phil? I, Come on. <laughs> no, I mean, dude, I get blocked, like, probably on a weekly basis by somebody just for like saying something that I find inoffensive. But apparently there are too many snowflakes in the world and I'm just the match melting them all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I handle the toy detox, uh, Twitter account. So you can follow me on Twitter at underscore toy detox. Uh, and then also I took the liberty of creating a Gmail account for our little podcast here so, if any listeners want to reach out to us, uh, comments, questions, you know, criticisms, uh, we have a Gmail at informationcreep, all one word, at gmail.com.
0: Cool. Also, you can look for that in the descriptions uh, on both you, uh, you and for whatever this does go up in both audio and video form. I am Dakota. You can find me everywhere at Primal Sabbath. I, too, lurk the groups from time to time, and... Also, you can catch me on Stasis Lock, which is also part of the Cool Table Network, if you guys want to check that out. Uh, you can also check out Plastic Fanatics, the Realm of Collectors uh, hangout podcast, the Enter the Realm podcast, the... I said Nerd Plastic Rage Fanatics. Radio. Nerd Rage Radio. Stasis Lock, Beaver Wolters, 40k, 8 yep,
2: weeks. <laughs> yep, I'm trying,
3: gotcha. I'm trying to get Apparently. to work
0: can Apparently.
2: remember all of them. Apparently uh, apparently 8 weeks is in pre-production. So if uh if you guys are fans of music and uh very interesting discussion, uh do check that out uh the first season so to speak cuz they were they released it Netflix style. Uh can be found on the uh, Interwebs. I think it's on Podbean.
0: Be cool. Uh also, let's, uh, there was there was the uh I know Eddie Steele did uh the two guys from Jersey thing. I guess that'll be a Maybe a recurring thing, but anyways, all kind of under that uh, banner, so to speak. Uh, But anyways, thanks for uh, watching and listening to us, guys, and we'll catch you guys next week. Later.